We are alike that way. Although, see, I can just drink at home, and when I do, I do. But I thought they were saying blowhole. <laughs> so I used to always laugh when I said blowhole. I would always <laughs> I don't know what it was and why, but I always got a kick out of that blowhole. That's your slippers in it. I don't know. That, that doesn't even make sense. Hello and welcome to the Watsy Party Horror Show, where we're fighting the good fight for the horror nation. The best party in town, although this week it's BYOC. <laughs> BYOC. Okay, okay. Well, I think we'll we'll get some uh, we'll get get a little explanation there. So, folks, we're a three act podcast released every month, and in each episode, you can expect to hear a comprehensive list of upcoming genre releases, followed by a horror topic of discussion, and finally, an in depth breakdown of a horror film of our choosing, folks. We're here with episode lucky number 13, and we've got a lot in store for you fine friends and listeners out there. I'm your host, Mr. Watson, podcasting from just outside of Olympia, Washington, and my co-host here at the party is... Dave Z, Buffalo, New York. It f***ing snowed yesterday. Yes, it did. Snowed. <laughs> it snowed. I can't believe it. It's like summer here now. It's probably going to be like summer here next week, so because that's kind of how it goes here. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in because it's not going to, well, I better not jinx it. It might happen again, but sure, sure. I, I, I had to complain about Buffalo just once more. <laughs> no, that that's fine. It, it, B-Y-O-C, what's the C? Aha. Tell it. Bring your own camera. Oh. Found footage oh, okay. week. It's found footage episode, I should say, you know? Boy, is it ever. So, you know, I, I do have to address something before we go into that, Dave Z. So on our last episode, buddy, I opened the show talking about how productive I'd been while sheltering in place, as it were. But right after we recorded, I found out that, hey, right away, I'm going back to work again. So I got like a little over a week of quarantine time under my belt, you know, just enough to get that little taste. And, you know, I know, folks, that all the COVID-19 talk is becoming maybe a little bit tiresome to some degree. So I'm not going to harp on this for very long so that we can get right to the horror content for which you're all actually listening. But aside from that brief week-long respite, nothing in my life has done any real changing, except I guess I'm saving money by not going out to the bars on weekends. <laughs> so I guess, Dave Z, that's, that's a little helpful side effect right there. You know, I feel like I actually have less time than I normally have. And here's the thing. I don't want to come off like I'm shaming anyone or like I'm engaging in the whole comparative suffering mindset, which is like where you're like, oh, I lost my job. And then someone's like, there are starving kids in China. And you're like, oh, that's comparative suffering. But because that's a bad way to look at the world. But to be completely honest, Dave Z, I'm a little envious of the people who are able to work from home or who are fortunate enough to stay afloat while being off work. <laughs> yeah, aren't they lucky? All right, yeah. they have the, and they have the balls to complain, some of them. Like, well, <laughs> that's a, it's driving me mad. I, I better not. 
I know, right? This is I'm, I'm trying to stay away from that myself. And like I said, no shame here. You know, but like when it comes to quarantine stuff, I have a rich inner life. So I'm never ask my son. I'm never bored. If I've got books, movies, a camera and a good Internet connection, I can keep busy for years. Like I have so many creative projects and hobbies in my life. Plus, my son is 16 and doesn't drain me or rely upon me in the way that only little kids do, you know, when they're in those more dependent stages. So it's nothing but two gentlemen living up in badass Watsonville when I'm not working. We're always up to something. And I'm not an introvert, mind you. The party don't start till I walk in, you know what I'm saying? But I'm also not a classic extrovert either. I'm what they call an ambivert, like ambidextrous, which means that I'm, folks, I'm perfectly comfortable being the center of attention all night long or not talking to anyone for months. It's all the same to me. And check this out. When my father was a young man, right? He straight up left society behind and went to live up in the mountains for two years, just doing his thing up there by himself. And I'm built the same way. It's in my blood. So, you know, but also in my blood is a night of good whiskey and karaoke. So <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, actually. I'm, I'm the same way. It takes a lot to get me to go somewhere. But yeah. usually once I'm there, I get into my my element and then it's at the end of the night. My, my wife will be tugging on me saying, come on, we got to go now. We got to go. You know what I mean? I can see that. I never want to go anywhere. Like, I feel like I'm an introvert. But like, once I get there, it's like, I think part of it is the fact that because I'm such an introvert that when I do come around, people are so like surprised and kind of happy to see me that it's like a big deal is made. You know, uh, hey, come here. It's Dave. Hey, come on. Let's give him a shot. We're doing this. We're doing, hey, what do you want? I have a drink. I haven't seen you. So I think it's part of it because I stay away from everybody so long that when I come around, all comes the welcome mats. And I like yeah. that because I do kind of like being the center of attention while also being an introvert. So it's tough to it's a tough. <laughs> it's the way you said it. But I think like we are alike that way. Although, see, I can just drink at home. And when I do, I do. You know what I mean? I'd prefer that, actually. Oh, I love it. I don't like it when people say that's like the worst option. I'm like, first off, I'm being more financially responsible. I'm not driving. I'm not in public in case I do get stupid. <laughs> I'm just well, on my yeah. couch. <laughs> what's wrong with that? People smoke weed at home and watch a movie. There um, we go. What's the difference? And the only reason I'm drinking is because my, my job drug test and my I value my job too much to partake in the smoke. or So so I have no choice. And if I want to stay awake on a Friday night after waking up at five in the morning, I have to legit have vodka to, to give me energy so I could stay up until whenever. Because like Friday night this past week, I stayed up till two. Last night, I stayed up until 3 a.m. You know what I mean? That is not like you. No, but if I have people like last night, it was really cool because Mother's Day is today. So we celebrated last yep. night. My wife, uh, part of her Mother's Day present was she found this wine that you can't find out here usually. It's kind of a West Coast wine and mm -hmm. it's hard to find. And she found a place that had it. So I got two bottles of wine and I'll tell you what, <laughs> those two <laughs> bottles of wine are empty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She started, she started at like. I don't even know, like five in the afternoon and she never drinks either. That's the crazy part. So by the end of the night, it's me and my, and my wife and Frankie Z, Frankie Z was up until freaking one thirty in the morning, two o'clock. We never let that happen, but we just had a blast. <laughs> we drank wine, my wife and I, we put uh, on dance music. We danced I around the house and, and we did it and we stayed up till three and I freaking slept until 10 and uh, it's mother's day. So I said, Hey, sleep in when she, I, I I made her breakfast, did the whole, you know what I mean? And, and after we finish here, I'm going to make her dinner because that's how I roll. That's what we're doing for Mother's Day. And Friday night, oh, I stayed up until two, but, you know, I, I watched- We Skyped. The, the trivia. Right. We did. That's yeah. what happened. I watched a movie 
And then I think it was like 1130 or something. I said, well, instead of going to bed, which is what I should do, I'm going to see what's happening. People are Skyping. I'm going to hang out for a bit. I'm going to, I'm going to have a Xanax because that'll make me tired. And this is my trick. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when I Skype with friends, just to Skype like these guys have been doing, what I do is I start the computer. It my my complete computer is usually plugged in. Well, here's what I do. I unplug the computer. As soon as I start uh, Skyping and I tell everybody when the computer dies, it's over because I'm not going to stay here too long. So usually it takes between an hour and 90 minutes and the battery dies and I start telling perfect. people, okay, and that's why I won't do it too long and I won't stay up too late. So, Dude, it's easy to get sucked in when you're in the group and you're having a blast and then like five hours go by. I, I haven't done it that long myself because usually my like my son, it's Mother's Day, so my son is with his mom this weekend, but usually he's with me and so sometimes I can be, you know, most of the time with the Skype night. So I'll be like, hey, everybody, my son and I are going to go chill because we are, I don't know, you said that Frankie, she's not much of a night owl. Oh, no, she is. She's a oh, night she owl. I mean, but I mean, you know, you can't that, be that all was the time with school. That was yeah. 2 a.m. But I mean, she's like me. <laughs> if, if, if there's no reason to go to sleep, she's going to just stay up. Like last night, we just realized it was like literally it was it was 1215. <laughs> it was after midnight. And I told uh-huh. my daughter, I had no idea what time it was. And I looked and I saw the clock and I said, hey. I said, it's Mother's Day now. It's after midnight. She said, yeah. So we went out and we gave her presents then. And that, that, that led us to staying awake longer Aww. and everything else. But like, it's the same thing with her. She doesn't know what time it is. She'll just stay up. I mean, now there is no school. So, I mean, we do make her go yep. to bed. We say, okay, 11 o'clock or whatever, go to bed. But hell, she's sleeping till like freaking 10. Oh, man. I feel you. We have a weird schedule. When, when I had that brief quarantine time a week and a half off work we Skylar and I my son and I turned completely nocturnal dude it, yeah. we we were seriously waking up at like four in the afternoon and you know getting to sleep like at no joke like getting to sleep at like eight in the morning nine in the morning it, it, it's it's crazy just what we what we do when we can just be left to ourselves we're we're, we're vampires dude we are the Watsons are freaking vampires up in this and and awesome I will say you know everybody's talking about COVID and it's you know it's it's Mother's Day which is great as we record so happy happy day to all you mamas out there and you know we, we got history in the making going on right now but I will say that you know you and I are blessed to have our health and still be able to work you know and I listen like we said we I think neither of us would have minded a few weeks of quarantine to you know dive into some creative projects and all that but we're fortunate party people we hope you're well out there and we absolutely mean that so Shoot, buddy, let's get into our episode itinerary here because we got a lot to cover. So, everybody, we're going to start things off with the party favors segment of the show. Act number one, where Dave Z will lead us through a list of the May 2020 horror releases. Next, in the horror deep dive segment of the show, act number two, we're going to have ourselves a conversation about the history of the found footage method of filmmaking and why we believe these types of films often get a bad rap from so many in the community. All that and more in the second act of the show. Finally, in the Showtime segment of the party, act number three, Dave Z now will give you a spoiler-free review of one of the most haunting and disturbing found footage horror entries on the market right now, and that would be the Poughkeepsie Tapes 2007. After that, we'll pick our film for the next episode, give our plugs, bid you all a fond farewell. The party will close its doors, but if you've seen the Poughkeepsie Tapes, want to hear a spoiler-filled discussion of the film, then please stay for the after party where we go all out. All right, everyone, before we head into act one of the show proper, it bears mentioning that episode 13 here marks the beginning of Watsy Party Horror Show season two. That's right, folks. Our previous episode was a season finale, as it were. And this right here is the season premiere. How are you feeling about that, Dave Z? I'm feeling great. I like all the ideas <laughs> that we have going on. And I'm glad that um, didn't somebody get shot or something? Whoever it was, I'm glad they're feeling better. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if it was me I, or you. I forgot. I, I think I got, got slashed at the end of the episode. Oh, that's and, what uh, it was. Yeah, you warned me behind you, and it, I, I've I've fully recovered. Okay, thank goodness. I'm, I'm okay. okay. Ready for season two then? All right, we need a healthy. Ready Watson. for season two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the, the season talk—it's not just a bunch of silly talk. Everybody, Dave and I have been brainstorming ways to make these seasonal changes with the show actually mean something. If you recall, in episode twelve, we switched up the way we choose our films for each subsequent show. We thought that was a fun and engaging way to do things here in season two, but we don't want to stop there. We got some other big changes coming your way. First off. Dave Z, check it out. My son and I are in the process of writing a ton of original music for the party. Like, I recently got him into music production, and he's taken to it. He's, I'm so proud of what he's doing. Like, I, I'm impressed. But when I thought that I was going to be having a bunch of time off with quarantine and COVID and all that, my goal, I was like, okay, I'm going to have, Skylar and I will have, like, at least two hours of just background instrumental music written by the time we record this show right here and now. But sadly, you know, we got, I was right back to work and with all my long hours and all the commitments, you know, I wasn't able to meet the goal, but it is in the works. Skylar and I are writing music and instrumentals and ambient things and things to put in the background. So, you know, and maybe if you're wondering, wait, why do you need original music? Here's the deal. I would like absolutely everything you hear on the show to be ours, property of the Watsy party and us alone. So I did write the intro and outro music, and I did make all the audio bumpers you hear between segments. That's all original material there. But the background music that we play during party favors, during showtime, and during the after party, those are all borrowed instrumentals, and I'd prefer to move away from that as the show goes on. Now, some of those, a lot of them, even maybe close to all of them, are okay to use in the way that we do here at the party, kind of copyright-free instrumentals, but should we decide one day to put these episodes on YouTube, or if we were to monetize in certain ways in the future, it would be in our best interest to make sure that everything is done in-house and is completely original. So that's one change that's on the horizon for the show. But the big one, the big change, the big news, Dave Z, let's talk about that. So folks, let me ask you something. How would you guys and ladies and everybody in between, how would you all like to hear Dave Z and me more than once a month? Yeah, does that sound good? How would you like to be able to attend the party bi-weekly? Well, how would you like to actually shape how the party goes. Well, let's talk about that, all right? So Dave and I love the show that we're putting out for you party peeps. Otherwise, you know, we wouldn't do it. <laughs> we're here on Mother's Day. We wouldn't record if we hated this, you know? We'd close the doors, turn the lights off, shut the party down, right? But we enjoy doing this, and we work hard to give you the best-sounding, most in-depth, and most engaging show that we can. Having said that, we're aware of the fact that a monthly podcast, we've been talking about this, a monthly podcast can be a tough sell. We're not blind to that. Like in a perfect world, every Watsy episode would be an event that listeners just can't wait to flock to. But we get it. There are hundreds of horror podcasts competing for your downloads. And from an algorithmic perspective, you got to be out there hustling. We get it. We get it. You know, a show that comes out only once a month is a little easy to forget, no matter how good you think you are. And hey, we think we're good. So the challenge is, you know, how do we make the party more visible? in this sense without killing ourselves. You know, these shows we do are big. They require a lot of research, a lot of production, a lot of time. That's why it's a monthly show. Doing any more than one a month just wouldn't work for us unless this was our job, right, Dave Z? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we put our heads together, did some talking, and we took a look at the structure of our episodes, and we realized that we have some options here to work with that can lead to a second show every month. More importantly, or most importantly, rather, it's a type of show 
that will be more reliant on listener involvement, you know, a way for you to contribute to the party in a more interactive manner. So, you know, Dave, you may have noticed this because I sure have, but, you know, most shows tend to do away with listener feedback at some point or another. I've noticed this with a lot of my favorite shows or else, you know, they have maybe occasional episodes that exclusively focus on listener feedback from time to time. I know neither the living podcast has a monthly episode. They're weekly. I think they are the longest running horror film review show, by the way, from like 2007, but neither the living podcast or NOTLP love that show. They do like a monthly episode for listener feedback and that's pretty cool. You know, shows do different things like that. So keeping that in mind, listener feedback. Okay, back of the mind right there. People also seem to really love what we watch segments on various podcasts just as much and sometimes even more than main reviews. And so the second show every month will be called the Watsy Party Happy Hour. It will be more shorter form style content than the big three act shows and will likely clock in. What do you think, Davesy? 45 minutes to an hour. That's that's the goal. No longer than that. And these will be more relaxed and chill episodes. And each of these will have two acts. Act one. And I love the name that Davesy came up with right here, folks. Act one will will be our horror d'oeuvres segment. You picking that up? I mean, the, the level of sophistication here, if you're not picking up what we're putting down, I don't know what to tell you. But so <laughs> act one is horror d'oeuvres, where we'll go back and forth with the familiar what we watch type of reviews. And then act two is all about listener feedback. This segment will include the normal emails you folks take the time to write up to us or even audio clips that you might send in as well. But we're adding in an extra element here to get you more involved just in case composing emails and recording audio is not necessarily up your alley. So what is that extra content you ask? Well, here's the deal. Before Dave and I record, we'll, you know, jump on the Watsy Party Facebook group page and the Twitter page and ask you party people a dedicated listener question that will tie directly into our upcoming episode in some way, shape or form. This is where you come in to give us your thoughts. You can wax intellectual, crack jokes, shout yourself out, all that business. The spotlight, as it were, is on you. We're at the party and hey, we're all together and it's your chance to <laughs> clink your fork against your martini glass. Ding, 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 like they do in movies to get everyone's attention, you know, when you need the floor. That's what this will be. <laughs> that's what this is. So and, and that's right. Th that right there, everybody, is how the party will be going from here on out. So we'll drop our giant three act main episode like you're hearing right now. And then two weeks later, it's Watsy Party Happy Hour time. So if you had to break it down, you might say the main three act shows here serve as our discoverable content to draw in new listeners and show off a little bit, you know, while the happy hour shows will be all about community building and engaging directly with you listeners. You're why we do this. So why the hell not? Right. So Dave Z, have you anything to add before we get right into party favors? You know, I just realized when you were talking that I've never done this in my life, but I've always wanted to take my fork and pound it against the glass, tap it against the glass. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that I'm going to be happy with my oh life. Oh my God. I've done that once That's before. hilarious. No, I've never, I've definitely never done, done that? that, but I'm going to find a way once everything, you know, once we're, once society returns back to some semblance of normality, I, I am going to make it a point to get, uh, you know, go up to the bar, you know, where I, by my house, get on the microphone because I can just, I'll just grab the, the, the host's microphone because sometimes I'm the host nice. and I'll do the clinking thing and it will lead to nothing. I'll get everyone's attention and then just put the mic down and then walk off. Yeah, I think we should go to a wedding or something. Maybe, maybe, oh. maybe two people we know will get married, like in our community, and they'll have uh -huh. like a wedding that we can all go to. Or maybe they'll say, "Hey, f it, let's just go to Vegas and we'll get married there, and then a bunch <laughs> of people in our circle can go." And even if there's only some of us, I think I could find a reason at that like uh, reception to 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 clink the gla glass and say something. So hope somebody get married. I don't care who it is. 
Do it yeah. and, and have a wedding in Vegas. Give me another reason to go to Vegas when this is all over because I have people there and I love it. So it's up to you guys listening. Somebody get married and invite <laughs> a bunch of us to the wedding and I will find a, a legitimate reason to, to, to clink that and, and say something, you know, hopefully memorable. Oh, I love it. I, I freaking love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, be, yes. That'd be amazing. Out of all that you said explaining the new show, that's what I fixated on, that I have to do that in my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, you can look forward to a lot of things coming up with the Watsy Party here. Dave Z, are you ready to hop into party favors? Yeah, rock and roll. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. It is now time for the Watsy Party Horror Show Party Favors segment to commence. All right, folks, we're here in act one of the show where we discover what's coming out or what we may have already missed as Dave Z takes us all through a list of this month's horror movie releases. On episode number 13 here, our focus is on those films with a May 2020 release date. Dave Z, what have you got for us, my friend? Okay, well, pickings were initially kind of slim. There isn't a lot happening. And let me preface all this by saying that unless I say it's released on DVD or something like that, then you just have to assume everything is all VOD because there are no theaters. <laughs> so that's all there is to it. I'm not going to say VOD. I'm just going to go on and say the movie. But pickings were kind of slim. I saw some things. I used some of the, the, the Queen's um, blog, vlog that, that she writes, and I found some there. But there wasn't much going on there. And then had to go through other means, and I found some things. So... Uh, Bear with me, because I, I tried to only talk about things that were interesting. If I if I looked and the rating was like a one, I said, I'm not even going to discuss this. So <laughs> I love that about you, too. I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not going to. I mean, the, uh, Believe me, I'm sure some of the things we're going to talk about, we're going to pick apart as is. Let's see. Let's start with this one. The Source of Shadows. These are all coming out May 1st. Or, or came out May 1st, pardon me. The Source of Shadows. Okay. A series of stories woven together by one of our most primal fears, the fear of the unknown. Hmm. Okay. Now, okay. now when I read that, is this supposed to be an anthology? Oh, boy. I think it is. Sweet Bundle was a review. Solid Compilation is another one. Okay. Those, okay. those are two out of four that were good. Two, two good reviews, two bad reviews. Okay. Uh, 3.2 out of 10. Only 113 oh, people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I don't hate that cover. Dude, the cover is pretty good, folks. It's just like a, a, a like a decayed-looking hand in the act of twisting a light bulb as though to turn it off. And the font is good. It's got a cool pink and purple color scheme in black and white. It's it's a I, I like that poster. I, I really do. It's simple. The simple. Art, the artwork is good enough that I, I'm not yeah. hating on it. The font's fine, but you wouldn't see this hanging up like in a theater. But it's a it's a cool poster nonetheless. I agree. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, wow, twelve people directed it, so there's a lot, a lot of definitely hands an anthology, right, Dave Z? <laughs> yeah, definitely an anthology. Hmm. Short filmmakers. So I don't know. Oh, maybe it's eleven or twelve directors completely. Who knows? Sure. But well, At three point two, Dave Z. Three point two. I know. I'm just a damn sucker for anthologies. And, and, and <laughs> you <poster>. are. <laughs> that poster does. I don't hate it, so I'm like, hmm. Could this be one of those bad movies that I actually watch? Uh, probably not. You know what I'll probably do? And this goes against all my rules. I might just watch the trailer. Uh. And <laughs> if it looks like the production values aren't piss poor and it doesn't look like something filmed on freaking video in the 80s, mm -hmm. maybe, just maybe. Because you know what? Look, 
even the worst anthologies, sometimes there's a couple that are in there that they're not bad. You know what I mean? That's true. You're like, and it's weird about anthologies. Sometimes you'll watch them and then years later, you'll recall that you saw it and you won't know where you saw it. You're like, oh, I remember seeing a story in some anthology movie about this. But the movie itself was so, uh, you know, underwhelming that you don't remember, but you might just remember one or two stories. Dave Z, I did this recently where I had this image in my head of something. It was, a, I, I believe it was an axe in a stump and it was a winter setting. I'm sitting here like, what is that? What am I thinking? And it turned out after days of thinking about it, it was All Hallows Eve 2, the anthology that wasn't directed by Damien Leone that has nothing to do with Art the Clown. Right. But it has that namesake. I did watch that like a few years ago and it was just something from that. And I remember actually liking a few of those, you you know a, a, a few of those entries but yeah it, it's so weird that you say that because very recently i just had this image okay there's an axe and a stump what is that and yeah it turned out to be a little image from an anthology so I, I'm, I'm tracking with you buddy there you go and all hallows eve too honestly i might watch it again this october when i saw it i didn't hate it there no, was some yeah there was some that i liked there was some that i thought were bad sometimes there's those movies especially halloween time where they're kind of like old friends but more like old acquaintances that you you were just kind of okay with you weren't you didn't really carry <laughs> on with them the best way but you have uh -huh. no ill will ill will towards them either and every so often it's fun to bump into them and shake their hand and just say hello how's everything oh i got a family this is good okay and you, you move Move on your way. I think I like there's that. right. I think there's movies like that too, where it's just especially holiday related, like Halloween. Especially, you're like, you know what? Maybe every couple of years, just to change out the pace, I might bump into this one for a night. And there you have it. All Hallows Eve too. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I like that, Dave Z. So what? What are you thinking about the Source of Shadows? Is that a wait and Z? It's a, it's well, like I said, I might watch the trailer and just like I say and see what happens. The best thing it could happen to be is it could end up being one of those acquaintances. But okay, don't gotcha. count on me watching this, con considering I'm watching so many things right now for yeah. the summer series already. Oh, right? we'll talk about that later. But bro, yeah. I oh, I bit off uh, a lot. <laughs> oh, I know that, that's what happens, but that's, that's which part is great. Of the fun. I am yeah. happy to and Duncan. Duncan does listen to our show. I know he doesn't listen to very many horror podcasts, but he does listen to the party. And so I, I just, I'm, 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 I'm saying, hey, Duncan, I, I, I love it. But <laughs> yeah, I love it too. And I love that you're involved with it. I'm, I'm loving that Carly's involved, and I love that we yes. have some new uh, adjudicators coming in and moods and, and moods, and, uh, yep. Dave and other guys jumping in, getting into the mix. So it's kind of cool to see that T Putts family grow and, and, and the families merging more together uh, of horophilia and Legion folk. And, you know, I love I mean? it. It is. It, it, it's yep. very cool. So, okay, and that was The Source of Shadows. Okay, yeah. so <laughs> that's all we can say about that. Okay, the next movie here is called Bit. Again, another two, uh, 2020, yeah, obviously. Another, <laughs> it came out May 1st. Okay, Bit. A transgender teenage girl on summer vacation in Los Angeles fights to survive after she falls in with four queer feminist vampires who try to rid the city streets of predatory men. Okay, I didn't know okay. any of that until I just read it now, so I didn't know that was the angle they're going for. It's listed as mm -hmm. comedy horror, so that's cool. Oh, okay. I must say that I absolutely adore this poster. Oh, the cover, folks, if adore you can it. see the cover for Bit 2020, it's really nice looking. It's awesome. It's like a 1970s type movie. One of those really good 1970s movies that with artwork on it. Oh, man. It's phenomenal. It really is. Everything. I, it, it, they, the, maybe this movie even takes place in the 70s. Because even by the look at it, you see this girl and she has kind of the afro cut. I mean, I could be wrong, but 
it looks like they're going for a 70s vibe here. Like at the bottom, the way the credits are and how that bit, yep. how the lettering is, these are all like fonts and things that you saw on 70s posters. So definitely could be way off. Maybe it takes place in modern day, but I, I appreciate what they're doing right there. So far, so good. Oh, no. What's that? 3.6 out of 10. Yeah, out of 356 ratings, folks. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Oh, user reviews. Trash is the first word I see. Horrible, trash, not a vampire for the masses. I've seen school projects better than this cringe of a film. A movie written oh, no. by the Twitter algorithm. Men bad, trans people good concept equals crappy movie. Oh, so on top of the fact that they're going with a gimmick, which is fine, sell your shit and honestly, target something. I honestly, oh, yeah, seriously, uh, gay is in fashion. All that stuff is in fashion. So if you have to create something with, with intent uh, for to you know distribution to a select audience that you know is going to be in it, I'm not hating on it. That's awesome. But yeah. deliver your message the right way. And Definitely. And folks, we <laughs> talked about this on a recent episode, but yeah, uh, I know who Nicole Maines is uh, from some reputation, even though I don't watch the shows that she's been on, but she is a trans actress who has been on some of the, what is it, the TV versions of like some of the DC comic hero stuff like Supergirl and those sorts of things. I don't, I've never seen those, but I have heard about her and seen her in like, you know, articles and whatnot. And so, you know, rock and roll, getting that uh, trans, uh, you know, getting kind of normalizing the whole trans people in, in Hollywood. I dig it. Yeah, right on. Do your thing. Yeah. Yep. And I, uh, Zoli Griggs, I kind of want to know a little more about her. I know you do. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty uh, chocolate lady right there. Indeed. Is that okay to say? <laughs> eh, I'm okay with it. I don't know what other people might think. I mean, but it doesn't, you know, you never know these days. That's just it. Nobody really knows about some things. You don't know. Here's what's weird. Queer. Queer is a big word again. Like, but in a positive in a positive yeah. manner, I've noticed. Now, when I was a kid, queer and gay were both used as like a slur. Yeah. So how come gay, I don't know. It's just weird that queer is as popular as it is. Because when we were kids, if somebody called another kid a queer, you were cutting him down. Ah, stop it. Oh, he's a queer. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the way it was used. It's weird that the word queer has been embraced like it has because obviously the word queer didn't really mean have anything to do with sexuality. Queer is, a, you know, the queerest of the queer. Remember that song, Garbage? You know? <laughs> yeah. Queer dude. is just something that's off or odd or whatever, or strange. Sure. Oh, that's queer. You know what I mean? Yeah, the LGBTQ. Right. So one, one, of my, yeah. uh, one of my gay homies, Joe hates that the word queer is in lgbtq he he doesn't right. like that because to him he told me here's what he told me he's like when i think of queer and this is my, my gay homie my gay homie joe he's like it makes me think of like people doing bestiality and messed up deviant stuff and so he for him he's like i want people to see the community as you know normalized and you know we're just all chilling every he's not and by the way he's not a fabulous dude he you <laughs> He's he's not he's right. he, I'm more fabulous than he is and but he's just like I hate the cue I I, I don't okay. dig it he's like and, and you know he says it makes me think of a uh, deviant behavior and he's like I'm just a dude who goes to work and I get with guys sometimes like you get with ladies it's nothing it is nothing and I'm just like but he's like but the queer he's like that word just makes me and he's like I remember he told me something like maybe that's just my problem but I don't like it and I remember thinking about that and I always think of that whenever people say LGBTQ uh no you know, but it's, it's just I always think of that and it's really funny so but I do believe people are using it as a positive and you know just and so right on I mean hey you know take it back <laughs> yeah that's fine I, I just I've always just been 
you know, it's always just struck yeah. me as a little odd. I think if I were a gay man, I don't think I would like queer either. It's just like your friend. Queer to me seems like <laughs> off. Like there's something wrong with that guy. You know, he's a little queer, don't you think? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's just, what Joe thinks. Yeah. And right. I've never thought right. of it, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, enough of that. I don't think I'm going to be watching this movie, and it's a damn shame because... 3.6, yeah, I, I think I'll be... You know, I think Mark Nato on the Horrorcast, my, my good buddy, said, our good buddy, said that it was okay. But, you know, you know Mark, like, uh, he, and Mark is uh, quick to jab you with your uh, your game here that we do on the party. And you're you're quick to jab him right back with that. He'll watch one out of tens and with a smile, you know, <laughs> so I love I love that dialogue between you two. But, yeah, I think he said that it's okay. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, yeah. and whatever. I, I'm not really in the mood to watch anything just okay. Uh, sure. Actually, I kind of never am. So when it does happen, I'm like, ah, <laughs> that could have been time better spent. But whatever. But I, I no. see the thing about Mark Nato is I appreciate people like him because they are warriors. They are out doing the dirty yes. work for me. You know what I mean? So I'm like, well, because of Mark Nato and because of, of, of Mr. Venom and other folks that we know that are watching all these things, I'm like, well... Thank you. Thank you. And I trust, here it is. Some of these guys love things that I just think are okay. So when I know that they say something is just okay or even bad, I know I don't, I'm not going to want to even sniff it because I, <laughs> so they are a big help to me. I, I get a little bit like, you know, perplexed when they, when they challenge my, my methods only because sure. they're tried and true. If they weren't tried and true and it was just a gimmick, that'd be one thing, but I, I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing here. But anyway, uh, yep. lo love you, Mark Nato. Okay. So, <laughs> of course, Mark's the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So continuing on, continuing on another uh, May 1st release. This is called The Unborn. Yes, another movie called The Unborn. Huh. Indeed. Um, it's a straight-up horror, it says. Strange, unexplained, event unexplained events unfold at an old factory. Two security guards must come to terms with reality. Tiffany as a future mother, and Joey, who is secretly in love with her. But someone has other plans for both, as well as Tiffany's unborn child. Hmm. Okay. 3.2 out of 10, only 105. See, I told you pickings Yikes. were slim. I, I told sure you they are. were. I'm trying to. I didn't want to just have six movies, so we have 12. Uh, oh, you know what? I guess I don't like that cover. If that. When I zoomed in and I saw that it was animated, it, it changed everything. I thought it was like an actual regular picture of a baby, like in a thing, like a. I don't know, Photoshop a certain way, but this is like an animation and I don't like the way it looks. The letters are okay. Oh, you don't like it? I'm okay with it. When it, you it, zoom in on it, it looks really bad. Oh, okay. Because I had to zoom to see. Uh, I just wanted to get a better, you know, representation. And then when you zoom in, you see those, um, I don't know if they're tentacles or what they are, but there's something going on with this baby. It, it's yeah, got, it's got, it looks like a hand is reaching through it, like a clawed hand, but yeah. there are too many fingers I, i'm not sure what i'm looking at there it is interesting but mm. yeah what, what are you thinking about this with a 3.2 the unborn uh i don't know davesy i don't know 3.2 after only 100 is is usually pretty telling by the time you get to 600 it might be 1.1 1. 1 or you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> you right know. i mean the, when, when you are in the 100 ratings uh you know and it's already at a three point whatever you you, you kind of the quality has been, I guess, foretold, if you will. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. It does have Manny Perez, who's been on Law & Order, SVU, and some other shows. Oh, yeah. That name does look familiar because, yeah, he's top build. Let's see here. Um, she, rather. Yes. I said he. <laughs> I was looking Did at you Clifton. Say he? Oh. <laughs> I said he, but I was looking at Clifton Samuels when I said it. So there, there we go. Gosh. Oh, okay. All right. Let me read some of these uh, user reviews. Uh, easy peasy. Horrible. C-movie. 
good to snooze too. <laughs> <laughs> Someone found an old warehouse and thought it could be a good place for a horror movie. Okay, well, good enough for me. I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, I'm not, I'm here not we go. Watch it. I don't know. Okay, here's one. <laughs> uh, I'm looking forward to just by the title alone. I'm looking forward because I think it's going to be ridiculous. But oh, it's so it's so it's a title that is so not up your alley, and I love it. <laughs> the Jonestown haunting. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's see this. A survivor of the Jonestown Massacre refer returns to the site 10 years later and discovers the cult's former home had become a, ble a bleh, not a bleeding ground. Wow, bleeding ground. I wonder bleeding if that's a ground. movie. It has to be. You would think, huh? Cause that, it that's has a to good, be. Yeah. Well, anyway, it hasn't become a bleeding ground. It's become a breeding ground for ah. so the supernatural. <laughs> so this kind of already reminds me of The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Just taking a something that already happened and, and adding some supernatural element to it just, just because. Sure. Yeah, I heard that the haunting of Sharon Tate was a really like a like a distasteful, exploitative trash film. I have heard that as well. I actually own it and have not watched it yet. It was sent to me you as own a gift. It? I was sent okay. as a gift. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. But here's sure. my question about something being exploitative. Um how come people say that about that? Anytime there's a real death and there's a movie made about it and it's coming from one angle, how come nobody uh, said that about Lords of Chaos? Because to me, people are getting killed and it's also coming from one person's side of the story. How come people aren't considering that exploitative just because it's a much better movie? That is an interesting conversation that I think we should maybe put in for a future horror deep dive. Mm -hmm. I have to think about that. Okay, it's kind of like the, and I'm 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 guilty of it too because I'll talk all kinds of smack about uh, Victor Selva and this and that. However, I was first in line when Rosemary's Baby came out on Criterion. Oh right, I mean uh, yeah, <laughs> because it's so damn good. I mean it's it's Rosemary's Baby. Come on, I I I mean, I'd rather not give them my money or give him my money. But then again, does he get residuals being on the lamb the way he is? Hmm. I have, yeah, I wonder how the finances work with all that. Here's just a little joke before we go back into Jonestown, but I was watching SNL uh, Saturday Night Live and there was like a, which I haven't seen in years, it was just a clip on YouTube where <laughs> a comedian, kind of a new guy on the show, he's been there for a couple of years, Pete Davidson, he was talking about, he was asked in light of all the R. Kelly controversy, they were like, so how do you, how can you sit there and listen to R. Kelly given what we know? And he goes, how do I listen to R. Kelly? With headphones. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just, nice. just a joke, everybody. And after the show, it's the after party. <laughs> yeah, I don't use R. Kelly in the show. Uh, what, what, what? Jonestown, Dave Z. So, Jonestown. No, no, I like that topic you brought up, but at 3.0 out of 135 Ooh. ratings, buddy. Mm. Ooh, we haven't gotten out of the threes so far. It's pretty bad. The cult didn't survive, but the evil did. I do not like the cover, although it's nice artwork, but it's also yeah. indicative of bad movie. It's just, we've, yeah. been, we've been through it. We've seen this. We've even seen covers that have uh, the, this row of skeletons before, uh, 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 you know, a pile of skeletons or skull bones or whatever. We, we've seen this and we've seen this font time and time again, and it's never led to anything good. So yep. I'm not interested. Again, once again, it's the Jonestown thing, which... I don't know. Nothing you can do based on Jonestown in any way, shape, or form is going to come close to the true horror that happened there. Try exactly all you want. It's never going to happen. Even the one movie that did come close was only about a tenth in, in, in scope uh, of size of everything that Dude, went literally. on there. I know. 
<laughs> literally it was so i mean you're just i don't care i it's it's not for me so the jones i'm right there with you buddy because i studied jonestown for one of my psych classes back when i first got in you know back when i was first doing the whole college thing and you know just getting deep into everything that was happening there how many people actually died then ty west makes the sacrament years later and it's like okay this is jonestown light exactly and i emphasize light <laughs> You're right, light. It's lighter than friggin' a non-alcoholic beer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that, what, what is that? O'Doul's, I think, is, is what that is. The uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's basically what it is. Uh, the, the sacrament is O'Doul's, and, 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 and the real uh, Jonestown was, um, I don't know, some 8% Canadian beer or something. Some yeah, yeah, right. Or something. You know what I mean? It is just or moonshine, stuck. even. Moonshine. Oh, <laughs> nice. There should be a movie called Moonshine if there's not two, by the way. Oh my God, it would be... Well, actually, I was just going to say it would be about an alcoholic werewolf, but they're already... The Wolf Cop movies are about an alcoholic werewolf, so oh. I guess... Uh, Shoot. Well, why not? Who cares? Look at everybody else that rips off this. This the Jonestown massacre. They, they can <laughs> yeah, rip off a real event. A we're afraid to rip off some friggin' B movie. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> why not have a moon? Have an alcohol uh, werewolf again? I love man. you, Dave Z. <laughs> See, that, that, come on, man. Let's get real here. Let's rip things off. If we only had more money to do it, that's the problem. It takes money to rip yeah. off other people, which makes no sense. But I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> okay. Let's get on to this one. I, I listed this as a May 1st because the release is kind of wonky. It's going to come out on iTunes at some point this month, and it's on Prime now. But initially, last month, it wasn't out yet. But It, it wasn't, but it was. The only way to, to have any access to it was on Fangoria. You went on their, their webpage, which you have to pay for now. And then yeah. you also had to rent the movie through them. So this movie, what a bad title for a movie. Isn't uh, it, though? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's called Porno. It's comedy horror. When uh, five teen employees at the local movie theater in a small Christian town discover a mysterious old film hidden in its basement, they unleash an alluring succubus who gives them a sex education written in blood. Did you see this? I did. I I, I watched it on Prime. Okay, and I liked it. Yeah, so did I. It was it was really cool. And this cover, folks, the Ooh. animation, it, it it is rad. That's the word you have to use. It's rad. It really is. It really is rad. Wow. Man, so cool. That's how you do it, man. I it mean, is. That is indeed how you do it. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I also liked how it wasn't, you would think a movie like this because, you know, it is about a specifically a Christian movie theater in the 90s. And you would think that they'd be, you know, kind of like jabbing at religion or Christianity. And it, it, it doesn't. It, it, it makes fun of everything. It, it, it's pretty, it, it's just pretty level throughout. I, I thought it was a, a cool movie. It's got a 4.9 out of 10 uh, with 525 ratings. I can see that. That makes yeah, sense. I can see that. I, I enjoyed it though. It's definitely worth checking out. There's some good it war is. scenes in it. The, oh the, yeah. The story's kind of cool with the, uh, when they're watching the video and the stuff that's going on in that video is kind of cool. kind of gave me like, um, almost, you ever see that movie Popcorn? Yeah. Our buddy Carly's on the cover. Oh, that's right. She is on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Carly Popcorn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it kind of gave me vibes of the, that, that Possessor movie that was in there and yeah. just, just some other stuff that reminded the video itself that, or the movie they were watching was really cool. Was it, you know, a slam dunk comedy horror? N not to me, but... Yeah, a good I'm movie, good movie nonetheless. And that one scene was grotesque. Oh, there, folks, I can't even watch it. Folks, there is a gore scene. Mm. It, it, uh, 
Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Anybody yeah. who is a, a male mm. uh, of, of our species here, our human species here, if you're if you if you were identifying as as a guy who's got some some junk downstairs and I, I don't want to say any more than that. Yeah, it's rough. It's uh-uh. rough because we've never seen it really that way before. I don't no. know. It just that it, that's rough to see. But I just do not think they should have called this movie porno. It's Definitely just not, not. Yeah, it's just not good for to, to to be discovered or anything else. And these people are smart. They're hooked up with Fangoria. Why didn't they just call it horror porn? That would have been fine. Oh, dude, that that would actually be a that, that's a good title right there. I like Why that. not? Why not? They, they could have even called it um. What do they call that stuff? Uh, saw movies and stuff like that. That 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 term. What is that term? Everybody says gore porn. Torture. Torture porn. porn. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, that would that would have been a really good title, even though that's a term I don't use. Right. Uh, because of the, it's a pejorative. But the yeah the the whole thing that that would be a great title for a horror movie. Just calling it straight up porno though. You, number one, you're not gonna find it if you do a search, and when you do go nope. to search, you're gonna you, you're gonna you might not want to see what's gonna pop up, and then you gotta be worried about it. It just it's just bad bad business to to just to call a movie porno because it's just I don't know. No, and it, and it doesn't come off. It's not that sleazy either. No, it's not. Which is weird about it. It's just kind of a just a normal horror movie. It's got a little nudity to it, a few scenes, but nothing nothing that the nothing that the name porno connotes. You know. No, I mean, I get the joke. It's in the movie that they were calling it porn. Yeah. I get that in the context of the film. It's funny that they would call it that, but I mean, I don't know. I just wish they could have called it something else. But yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. There's no question about that. Is it going to be a top 10 of the year? Eh, I don't know about that, but check it out. At least it's a movie you can check out that that compared to everything else we've talked about so far. Indeed. Okay, May 5th. Here we go. I haven't looked at this yet, but I have a feeling. This is called the Jack in the Box. All right. When a vintage Jack in the Box is unearthed and opened, its new owners soon have reason to believe the creepy clown doll within has a life of its own. Hey, okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, 3.7, 195 votes. Not very promising. Let's check out the box. The cover art doesn't really... It's like 30% with me. I mean, it's not its not so bad that I'm completely dismissing it, but uh-huh. it's like in the 30 percentile for me where if I was just looking at that, I'm going to say no, but you never know. <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting. Jack and J-A-C-K in the front. You know what? Doesn't it kind of remind you like he's popping out of like the, the Lamont configuration a little bit? It really does. And also, in addition to that, when you are on the IMDb page and you scroll down, you will see videos that pertain to the film. And there's a really cool production still. And if that's what the Jack in the Box looks like, that is some good makeup. Interesting. Okay, well, how about this? Once you open the box, you can't escape it. It sounds like they are really tributing Hellraiser here. (laughs) It Uh, does, yeah. Oh, I see that that video. Yeah, I see that face. That's cool Hmm. makeup. That is cool. Interesting. 3.7. Yeah, that's with only 195 ratings. That already is mm. telling. I know. Damn it. I don't know. It, it's, it's probably going to be another skip. Yeah, definitely. And it's it, it's a, is it a UK movie or at least it got a release in the UK? I mean, like, is the Jack in the Box, like, there's a, there's a Jack in the Box in it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know why I did that. Okay. That's moving good, on. It, it sounds like it. Yeah. In it? I just, I love it when they go, in it? Duncan, oh. do you do that? Do you go, in it? 
it, don't know. I don't think Duncan says that. No, he, he's about got this. two, two. Yeah, <laughs> he's not. Uh, oh God, I was about, I was about to use uh, what is it from My Fair Lady when they they called uh, they they called her accent in that. I think like they called her like like a gutter snipe because <laughs> of her accent. Because she's like a snipe. <laughs> That's your slippers in it. I don't know. That <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. What am I doing? I don't know. I'm <laughs> okay. rubbing off on you. It's me. Country of origin is the UK. So, yeah, I feel you there. Language spoken English. I'm sure the, the Queen's English. Yes. Filming locations, Northampton. Okay. So okay. it's an English movie about the Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Yeah. Hmm. In it? In it? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, it's probably going to be a skip, but it might be yeah. good for some laughs. Who knows? Well, it we'll wait might. till Fresh Cuts or Mark Nato talks about it. One of those guys, absolutely, yeah, yes. they will. Right, yeah, you know they will. Okay, <laughs> okay, the 7th, May 7th, we just saw a movie, which I had to watch, and I literally just finished watching it before we started recording today. And it, the reason I watched it is because it's called Z. Z, yes. Yeah. Dave Z. It's I can't find Z. this on IMDb, Dave. Well, if you just type in the letter Z, it's about the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. It's around 20 down. It's oh. down there. It's below gotcha. Supernatural. In between, it's between Supernatural and Bree-Z, if, if you're looking for <laughs> Why, I don't know. It's very strange, but that's where it is. A horror thriller, it says, A family find themselves terrorized by their eight-year-old son's imaginary friend. I'm going Ooh. to say one thing, one thing right now. Oh, I was it. watching this movie earlier, and I wanted to watch something. It was either going to be this or that, that Quantum, Blood Quantum movie. They were both on Shudder, and... Yeah. I wanted something light because I was calling it a Sunday morning view, although it wasn't Sunday morning, but like I just finished saying I went to bed at, you know, three in the morning last night and whatever. It's it, it, it's a late start to the day. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm having my breakfast and I'm chilling. I said, I'm going to watch something while I'm chilling, waiting to hear from Watson when we're going to go on. And I, I said, I'll just watch this one. It's probably going to be a light movie. It's about a child. Okay. So I'm watching this movie and I was right. It is light horror. However, Something happened in this movie. It was literally the a jump scare that affected me more than any jump scare has affected me in years. Really? Yep. I, so, I, I was watching the movie, and this thing came out of nowhere. And it was so... Maybe it just caught me off guard, but I was... Mm-hmm. It's hard. I don't want to say anything that's going to ruin it, but the way it had to have been set up... Something happens at a time where you're not expecting it, which is always the perfect jump scare, and it it happens. You're kind of a little uneasy because something's going on, but you don't really expect that to happen. And when that does happen, I was like, I I, I gasped. I sat up and I went <gasps> like that. Wow. It freaked. I was like, oh my god. And then I put my hands on top of my head because of the aftermath of it, and my jaw was open. I was like, oh man, it was one of those. So okay. first it was a jump, and then it was like. Oh, I can't believe what just happened. You know what I mean? So for that reason, if someone else can get that same experience I got, man, uh, that alone is worth it. But ultimately, I'll say this. It is a good movie. It's, it's worth your time. And it's not typical okay. uh, as far as what you're expecting with a child's imaginary friend. It goes to places that maybe have been done before, but maybe not exactly this way. But it wasn't typical. I have a little beef at the at the at the end end. Maybe I need a question or two answered, but I don't think you you will regret your time with it. So I'll leave it at that. So cool. Z was cool. okay. Yeah, yeah. Z. All right on Shutter. Yep, on Shutter. So I mean, I guess I can 
do the usual one look at the cover like we're supposed to do because I, I was too busy talking about it but z <laughs> how does that look let's see 2019 it says um yep that that that's a fine cover you know whatever yeah i like it i'm fine with it from the creators of stillborn which makes sense that was on uh oh i loved stillborn well if you like stillborn i think you'll like this too then okay cool 5.4 okay. out of 10 528 so you know you're in in decent yeah. area there the one girl i don't did you watch bates motel i did not okay well the lead girl the mother of the child is uh she was on bates motel for the first either i think just the first season either way okay, i won't cool. say anything about who she was because it gives something away but, oh gotcha okay but anyway she was in there but good movie good movie you won't regret your time with it i i, I enjoyed uh z so there you go okay now we go on to the 12th this is a movie that is not vod it says dvd on my sources and the movie is called you die or if you go to the b you die dash get the app comma then die thank you i'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find this on my search right now and okay now i've got it thank you yeah, ridiculous title uh drama horror thriller not many people have seen it only 16 people have rated but it's still <laughs> holding a 6.9 Okay. Uh, here's our plot. Someone downloads an app on your phone behind your back. It looks like an augmented reality game, but soon you realize it's an app that connects you to the world of the dead, which allows you to see the dead through the camera of the phone. On the screen, you see a countdown timer starting from 24 hours, and before it reaches zero, you have to download the app to someone else's phone to earn 24 more hours. Wow, okay. Uh, mm. And you must do it every single day. What would you do? Would you continue passing this curse and condemning other people? Question mark. Wow. Okay. Okay. I'm okay with that That cover. Those letters 100% look like another movie, and it's on the tip of my tongue, and it's bothering me. It was the same colors and the same hmm. font, and it's bugging me. Let me look at that, because I don't know why I was thinking we are still here, but I don't think that's... We're not going to have a Teen Wolf moment here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that either. I do, is it Come to Daddy, maybe? I don't Ooh, know. It could be. I don't know. Either way... One of the alternate covers, yeah. It, maybe. Look, it looks... Uh, that that color of blue or aqua or whatever you want to call it, the way it looks and the way the font is, is 100% from another movie. And, and actually, speaking of from another movie, just isn't this kind of similar? Now, I didn't see this movie, but wasn't there another movie... Uh, Something with a countdown. Is that what it was called that came out? Yeah, there, there was a movie from, I believe, last year about an app. Yeah, I think it was a seven day thing, though. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it might have been something like that. Who knows? It's a wait and see as far as I'm concerned. I mean, who knows? Definitely. I, I'm a little bit intrigued at that. The, uh, the gimmick about having to download it to somebody else's phone every 24 hours to keep living. Then they have to. It's kind of like a, a ring thing. You know? Mm -hmm. hmm. For certain, for certain. I don't know. Okay. Oh, this movie here. Noted. This movie here, there's one review. It says, it follows Italian style. <laughs> huh. Weird. Okay. Is well, that a positive thing? Because that, that sounds cool to me. It does. The rating's 5 out of 10, so who knows what they think about it follows. Oh, to begin okay. With. Gotcha. I, it's something, I guess, to keep, uh, keep an eye on. You die. Okay, you die. All right, so now, here's another weird name. This is uh, coming out on the 14th VOD. Diablo Rojo PTY. Ooh. That's what it yeah, says. The, I, I don't know what the PTY is, but Diablo Rojo isn't the Red Devil. Okay. The gotcha. Red Devil. Oh yeah, Rojo. Yeah, my daughter used to have this toy. <laughs> my when my daughter What's that? when my daughter was a baby, she used to have this toy, and you press different things, and it would say things in English, and it would say things in Spanish. So red was Rojo, but I thought they were saying blowhole, 
<laughs> so I used to always laugh when I said blowhole. I would always. <laughs> I don't know what it was and why, but I always got a kick out of that blowhole. Blowhole devil. Yeah, I like, like it. <laughs> I was thinking of like you know like a whale, a blowhole. You know, I'm talking about. And nice, because my yeah. my mind went back to that movie we just talked about, porno. <laughs> blowhole. Wow. Wow. I wonder if that term is ever used in porno. Hmm. Blow. Let me see your blowhole. You know. <laughs> I might use that in my personal life and see see where it gets me. <laughs> Tell you yeah, message me. I got to know how that goes. Blowhole. Okay. So anyway, Diablo Rojo Pty, a Diablo Rojo bus driver, his helper, a priest, and two policemen fall victim to a mysterious spell and end up lost somewhere in the Cherokee jungle, where they will have to survive the creatures that inhabit the roads with the old bus as their only refuge. Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Thirty-two people have seen it, and they rated a six point seven. Okay. okay, obviously this is coming from Panama. How about that? Yeah. A little Panama, language spoken Spanish. Okay, we kind of knew that. Interesting. The cover is uh, also something that reminds me of the 70s. Oh, that screams yeah. 70s. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Mm, man, oh, I wish I spoke Spanish. Una historia y panamana de supersticiones, brujera y diez toneladas de puro diablo. I'm not very good at that. I, I always say that <laughs> to my wife, and she usually knows what I'm saying. She goes, oh, yeah, they're saying this. But wait, what's that word again? Can you pronounce that word again? That she makes fun of me and whatever. But she speaks. Irene. Yeah, she speaks it well. So you know what I mean? So when I make my, uh, you know, Caucasian attempt at it, it doesn't sound the best. You know, <laughs> she busts my balls. But what are you going to do? Oh, look at that red. Holy cow. Uh, there's like a screenshot at the very top, and there was a guy sitting in a car. And it had this nice red lit look, like from a neon sign or from um, on our general film or something. Do I see that? Yeah, I kind of like that. Hour and 20 minutes. Okay, I like that. Hmm. Very interesting. Wow, there's been no user reviews yet. Interesting. Wow. No trivia on oh, it. Oh, for sure. It's a very mysterious film right now. But Pablo Rojo. Okay. I think I think it's one to keep our eyes on. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it says creature feature. So, I mean, if the creatures look good, you know, that's half the battle right there. Hmm. Oh, indeed. Yep. Diablo Rojo PTY. I, I want to know what that PTY is. It's yeah, same here. So are, are we thinking this is a wait and Z? Yeah, I think so. Maybe it'll show up again next month. We can talk about it. Ah, there we go. Yeah, it just might. Okay, here's one. Another one coming to Shudder. Monstrum. M-O-N-S-T-R-U-M. Monstrum. Like strumming a guitar, I suppose. That would be <laughs> something if it has something to do with a guitar. Hmm, let's see. <laughs> don't think judging by this cover i don't think we'll be seeing a guitar <laughs> that would have been cool oh it's actually an asian movie okay south so, korea I think. south korea look at this okay uh yoon Gyeom is a loyal subject of king jung jong of Joseon. that's right that's too way too many come Jews. on king jung jong <laughs> of Joseon. okay so like a cartoon uh he struggles to fight against a monster that threatens King Jung Jong's life and a and a group of people trying to dispose King Jung Jong. How many times I got to say that word? I'm not saying it. The king. Whoever wrote that? this synopsis was like, Having I'm fun? going to type this three times in two sentences. Just yeah. you watch. Just so some jerk off can be doing a podcast and, and say it three times <laughs> in, in, in 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Monstrum. Okay. 
Well, I hmm. like this plot. You know, I, I love those those period pieces. I, I you know, with, with dynasties and, and, yeah. and things that threaten the kingdom. I, I, I dig it. I just watched Brotherhood of the Wolf 2001 for Duncan's summer series, and it's kind of reminding me of that vibe. I'm, I'm feeling it. You know what? Yeah, I think this is going to be something to see here. I think this passes yeah. my tests. Um, yeah, the cover's good. It, it, it look, It's slick. The rating is a 5.9 out of 10 out of... Oh, over a thousand ratings yep. so that's promising that is yeah i just hope we can get it sometimes these movies are hard to come by it says vod on the 12th but it, it doesn't always play out that way sure we've, we've noticed we've had movies that we've talked about one month and then yep three months later they come out and then we look at it like did we already talk about this movie you know, yeah yeah <laughs> it came out now okay lots of different um uh sub here or genres action fantasy horror mystery so yeah one of those kind of movies Cool. No, this is something I think I'm, I'm interested in. Monstrum. No guitar playing monsters, but that's okay. Aww. Yeah. One oh, day. Yeah, one day. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Okay, so this would be the final movie. This one's coming out on the 22nd. VOD, like just about all the rest. And the name of this movie is Girls Just Wanna Have Blood. <laughs> that's all they really want. Yeah. Some blood. Yep. <laughs> when the working day is done. Indeed. Okay, when Jessica is accepted by a trio of fun-loving vampires, she finds herself thrust into a lifestyle full of long nights, sex-crazed bikers, and blood-sucking. Wow. First off, first off, Dave Z, the alternate title says is called Teenage Blood-Sucking Bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, and it's a comedy horror, which that, that makes sense. Of Yeah, but of course. Wow, Ooh, nice picture there, those three. Okay, uh... 8.2, oh, wow, well, only five ratings, so... Okay. Hmm. Take that with a grain of salt. I Indeed. Mean, I don't know. Uh, Miss Gigi Justin, are you familiar with her? No. She's an actress, model. Okay. No, I, I haven't seen her movies either. Okay. Pretty lady? Yeah, definitely. I was curious about the one I saw in the picture, but I don't know. See, nobody in this movie... Not nobody, but... <laughs> there's 61 people in the credits and only, like... You know, six or seven have pictures on IMDb, so it's very low budget. <laughs> you know, for sure. But who knows? I am okay with this cover. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's got a nice blood, or a nice a nice blood red color in the background. The uh, the fonts are, at least they're mixing it up a little bit. So, being a teenager sucks. Vampire style. Okay, so it's teenage vampires, and hopefully the jokes land, and maybe you get some gory kills. But... Again, yeah. no, nobody's seen the damn movie, so yeah, we don't five know. ratings, right? Yeah, we don't know. So I'm surprised it played a festival in January, January 2019, way that long ago. It played a festival, and there's nothing. We haven't heard a thing about it. Now that's odd. Usually, you're gonna hear something about it. It's been over a year. Wow. But anyway, oh. yeah. Hopefully, uh, teenage blunt, teenage blood sucking bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> might be okay. This is something I might I could also give in and watch the trailer and if if just just to see the production value, you know, because I could tell right away. And I know that may be very dismissive of me, but I just do not like the look of, of certain movies. Just like, yeah, I'm sorry. It goes back to coming up with shot on video movies in the '80s. That, that you know, I, I never liked really liked any of those when I was watching them when I was a kid either. I just I don't know. It's just the way I roll. So. But who knows? Girls just want to have blood. I guess is one to keep, you know, maybe in your back pocket for now. If I had to watch one movie for sure, and of course I've already seen Z, but I would say Monstrum or uh, Diablo Rojo, maybe. 
Yep, those are my picks as well. And, and possibly this once more people see it and we start getting a kind of more distilled opinions about it. Mm -hmm. Maybe that movie You Die and Jack in the Box for, for a laugh, maybe. I don't know. Jack in the Box, in it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that's about it. I think that's all the favors we got. All right, party favors. Okay, well, folks, that concludes our party favors segment, which brings act one of this horror show to a close. It is now time for the Watsy Party Horror Show Horror Deep Dive segment to commence. All right, folks, we're here right now in the Horror Deep Dive portion of the party, and this is our topic of discussion segment. On this 13th episode, we're going to start off the deep dive here by having a conversation about a method of filmmaking that both Dave Z and I happen to thoroughly enjoy. Folks, talking about found footage and mockumentary style horror movies here. Now, what's exciting for me is that as Dave's co-host, I'm sitting here, everybody, with a veritable found footage professional. That's right, everyone. I'm going to follow Dave Z's lead here as we get into found footage history, talk of various examples of this filmmaking approach, how it's perceived in the horror community, and much more. But before Dave gets us into this deep dive, I have a question. Dave, your love of found footage is well documented. In fact, you've got something of a reputation in our community as being the found footage guy. So tell us, what initially drew you to these sort of films? And do you recall what your first found footage movie was? You know, my first found footage movie had to have been Blair Witch Project. I don't okay. think I saw anything that came out before that. And I don't even recall seeing Blair Witch Project at the theater. I, I, I think I may not have even watched it until it came out to uh, for home viewing. So... I was actually kind of slow on that. And, you know, as I'm going to talk about some other examples of, of the other movies that have come out prior to, you know, Blair Witch in, yeah. in, in that type of style, I don't think I saw any of those. And it's weird. I even missed out on the, uh, there was that show, The Curse of the Blair Witch. Somehow even that got by me. And that was, that ran on TV, like maybe like right before they came out with uh, the movie to, oh. as, as far as hype. Uh -huh. So and they did a really good job on it because if you watch that again, you would believe that it was because it was you know a mockumentary type movie. It was just this is what happened and we're, we're going to take it from this this angle. And I didn't even see that. I was so out of it in like 1999 when all this is going on. I just I was just not into anything new on the horror front. Just okay. I was gone. I, I, I sadly, you know what I mean. I I I left it shortly after the 90s. Things started to to really go downhill so i left it and then i came back for a hot minute when scream came back i hung out there for maybe two more years maybe and by 98 i was out of it again i was like well i guess i've seen all the great <laughs> horror i'm gonna see uh so i was out at this time and i was just uh, doing other things and it just yeah i didn't have these things on my radar like like in the 80s and like now so i didn't see that so i'm gonna say that by the time it came out because anything else that came out after that it took a while for found footage to really take off it Blair did, Witch. though, didn't it? That's a strange thing. Yeah. Yes. How about that? I never thought of that, but it, it really did. And, and, you know, it's, it's funny, Dave Z. I remember the exact date when I first saw a found footage film. It was January 18th, 1998. I would have been 13 years old. And on Channel 11, that was UPN, they aired a movie that you know about called Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County. Nice. And this was a full year minus exactly one week before the Blair Witch Project debuted at the Sundance Film Festival. So yeah, Alien Abduction Incident in Lake County, 1998. It's about a teenager named Tommy 
who's making a whole movie of his family's Thanksgiving dinner when suddenly they're attacked and ultimately abducted by, you know, aliens, extraterrestrials. Dave Z, party people, let me tell you, this movie scared the ever-living hell out of me. I had never before seen this type of film. I didn't know it was a gimmick. I didn't know this was, uh, you know, a higher budget remake of 1989's UFO abduction. I can't even say whether or not UPN presented it as fake or if they were, you know, messing around and pretending it was a real thing. All I know, Dave, is that after the final scene of that movie, I felt like I just watched a snuff film. Like I had this pit in my stomach. I felt this just profound dread. I had school the next morning, but how the hell could I go to school when my world had just been flipped upside down, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so, you know, I, I have a memory of my dad explaining to me like, no, I think this is just a movie. Like he he wouldn't have known about found footage either, but I think he's just like, nah, it's just a movie. Come on. And I was, you know, he was cool. And I was just like, I was fine after that. But I'll tell you what, a year later, when one of my friends told me about the Blair Witch Project, I thought back to Incident in Lake County and wondered like, oh, are there going to be more movies like this? And so, yeah, I feel like, uh, <laughs> yeah, a little in- interesting trivia about, about me and found footage because it marked me, dude. Wow. I wish something yeah. had that type of effect on me from horror. That's pretty wild. I've never been played like that where where I, I believed it. You know, oh, I was played, brother. <sighs> I was played. That's awesome. I oh, I wish I wish that happened to me because. But here's the weird thing: Blair Witch. When I first heard about, it, like I said, I was out of it by then. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. the movies. I just nothing. I'll never forget it. I, I was at work and there was this girl that worked for us at the pizzeria. Her name was Gabrielle, and she came over to me and she, I, I'm sure I talked horror plenty of times. And she said, "Hey," she goes. Have you heard about that new movie that's playing? It's called The Blitter Witch Project, and, and it's a true thing. These, these kids went missing, and they were looking for something in the woods, and they they were never able to find them, and they found their footage. They were making some type of a documentary or something. I was like, what? And yeah. somehow, this is the weird part. That movie made an obscene amount of money, and oh yeah, because you know that information, you would have thought that it played at theaters for months. And by my recollection, I didn't see it at the theater and, but hearing that, why would I not have gone right out and seen it unless it was, or I tried to, maybe it was pulled from the theater by then, but it oh. had to have a run. Because remember back then, and maybe by the time we're talking 99, that isn't, it isn't the same as the 80s, but my recollection, and I know that you're going to have some memories of this as well, but my recollection of, of movies playing at the theater, when a movie did good, it played for a solid three months. It, it wasn't, oh. right? Yeah. It wasn't going anywhere, and you weren't going to see it again until a full year later on HBO if you were lucky. But like yep. summer blockbusters, some of them came out in like May or the first week of June, and they played all damn summer. I yep. mean, it doesn't happen anymore now. Like movies now, even real popular movies sometimes are gone by two months. Even and I'm talking like you know Star Wars, Marvel, Lord of the Rings. You know, top yeah. top drawing movies they don't last. I mean, you might see them hanging around on some cheaper theaters, and a few months later still. But it's just like, it isn't like that anymore. But back then, movies used to last. So again, this is 99. So I don't know if that was already part of the past. You know what I mean? When I think about the 80s and when I think about the 2020s now, it's completely different. But I'm trying to figure out if if in 99, if it was more like the 80s or if it was more like things are now or things just huh. didn't. Because, you know, video rentals were really big by 99. I mean, it was in the mid 80s, oh. huge. But yep. 99, they were they were peaking so much. That, you know, only a year later, DVD came out. So they were in, they were going to be introducing them next. But 99, there's still video stores and they're still going. So I don't know if Blair Witch played for very long, but we all know it made a lot, a, a real lot of money. But yeah. for me, honestly, the thing with me and found footage and when it came about, I remember reading about Wreck in a Fangoria magazine 
And I was living in Vegas at the time, so it was like 2006 or whatever. And this movie was being made. And they were talking about it, and they were saying it was going to be a handheld camera. On, and I'm like, okay, so they're doing it like Blair Witch. Because to me, that's what it's always going to be at that time, especially. When you hear about a movie done that way, you're like, oh, they're doing it Blair Witch style. And yep. like we're going to get into, there wasn't many people cashing in right away on that Blair Witch, which is kind of shocking if you think about it. But it, yeah. didn't, it, it didn't blow up. The movie that really made it blow up was Paranormal Activity. And ah. and that's what it was with me. Like I, I And I saw Wreck. And I loved it. And I was like, okay, are there more things like this? And I was like, not very much. And, uh, you know, by 2008, there were some more out. Lake Mungo was out. Home Movie was out, which we discussed. But I wasn't really aware of them at that time. But Paranormal Activity came out a little bit later. And that was the one that, to me, I really enjoyed Paranormal Activity. But then it seemed like after that, it took off in such a big way. Just like I'm going to draw a million comparisons to slashers because oh, I love it. It's really the same thing to me, the way it, it was done. So all of a sudden you get, let, let's say Blair Witch is uh, Halloween 1978. And let's compare paranormal activity to Friday the 13th. Uh, oh, okay. That's kind yeah. of what it was. Paranormal activity. It wasn't the first, but it did something a little different than Blair Witch. But that was the one that really kicked off the found footage trend. That's when things really took off. So for me, I would say that Paranormal Activity was the one that had the big effect on me. And then after that, we just started having having good ones. I mean, Cloverfield came out not too long after that. That was 2008. And then from yeah. 2010 to 2012, that is the golden age. Basically, 2010 to 2012 is like what 1980 to 1982 is with Slashers. They were all over the place, uh, for yep. better or worse. There were a lot of good ones, and there were a lot of bad ones. And, you know, to this day, I think a lot of people hold on to the fact that there were a lot of cash-ins, there were a lot of paranormal activity rip-offs. Um, yeah. Netflix was doing the streaming thing by then. These things were popping up all over the place, all these cheap, because they're, they're cheap to make, again, with the slasher thing. It, it didn't cost much to make them, so... People want to cash in. We're going to have a, a small investment. We saw how much Paranormal Activity made. We saw how much Blair Witch made. Let's let's have a small investment and, and try to turn it into something big, and we're going to ape off these other movies. And they did. And I think the fact that so many people have a... It's left a sour taste in their mouth with found footage is that they're thinking about all the, the bad ones that came sure. out. Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they don't do that with slashers in the 80s. And they don't do it with slashers in the 90s, and they absolutely should in the 90s. Because let's face it, <laughs> you had Scream, and you had a couple others, and that was it. And the rest were just trying to be like Scream, and they were pale, pale imitations. And they're just, even the, the best ones that people hold on to, like I Know What You Did Last Summer and Urban Legend, to me personally, I don't think they're very good movies. I don't think they come close to Scream. I understand others do, but if... The way I view those movies isn't very good. Imagine how I feel about all those other bad knockoffs. There's just, sure. <laughs> I really think that it was very short-lived. 1996 with Scream was wonderful, but I mean, you can't compare that to 80 and Friday the 13th. Again, I'm talking about slashers, but long story short, <laughs> Paranormal Activity, no, long story long, uh, Paranormal Activity <laughs> was the one that, that really got me loving found footage and then being able to cherry pick these other ones that were coming out and seeing, hey, these are good. I feel like I'm in the protagonist's shoes more more than I ever have in movies before. And that's what yeah. it is for me. That's what it is. And that's an interesting contrast as well with the movie that we're going to be covering in Showtime, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And, and, you know, I love what you said about the trends because, you know, likening found footage to slashers because there were those films leading up to Halloween that began, you know, started mixing the recipe up a little bit, you know, here and there a movie would come out that, you know, you can, people argue to this day, is that a proto slasher? Is that an early example of the slasher? But it really was Halloween that had the full recipe, but didn't quite kick it off. And then Friday, you know, obviously accomplished that. And it's very interesting that with found footage, we we have that same pattern of, you know, the, these these entries here and there over the years that, OK, this is definitely a found footage film. Here it is. Here it is over the years, what, 70s and 80s, a couple one here, one there. And then, of course, Blair Witch comes out and says, here's the recipe. And then a few years later, <laughs> Paranormal Activity comes out and says, well, here's the perfected dish and it launches everything else. That is weird how the trends mirror each other so closely. I love that observation, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, it's something I just figured out looking at them because I wrote down all the slash. Uh, part of me, I wrote down all the you know the found footage movies, the, all the ones that I could think of that that came out yeah. after Blair Witch and before Blair Witch and before Paranormal Activity, and it's it's just surprising to see there's there's not a lot there. It's just a strange thing. But then, like I said, Paranormal Activity came in and boom. I mean, it just things went nuts, and then they got more creative after that. Re- really, movies like Wreck. And and um, Cloverfield and honestly, the Lake Mungo, I'll have to give it some credit mm-hmm. and beyond and behind the mask, honestly, which if you think about it, because that came out in 06 and people don't really think of that as found footage. But I I consider it mockumentary or, or, or full documentary. I'm always going to call it mockumentary because, you know, I like to I always have the short syllables. So <laughs> mockumentary just flows better, too. So mockumentary movies to me they're just part of found footage. I know they're different, but that's just where they're placed. Because honestly, yeah. Blair Witch Project, it starts off like a mockumentary. that They are making a documentary about the Blair Witch and then all hell breaks loose. Um, paranormal Activity does not. Paranormal Activity is just people that have a camera and oh, something started happening, we're going to record it. But a lot of times in regular found footage movies, the camera's there and they have a good explanation for it, but it starts off innocently and then it becomes something. But a lot of other ones, they start off to make a documentary and it turns into a found footage type situation. So to me, they're just married. And it's like it's like uh, the comparison I've made before. is It's like lumping in zombie movies with infected movies. It's just kind of, they're just kind of married. I mean, you could sit there and, and point and you could tell me, hey, found footage isn't really a, a subgenre. It's a, it's a filming style or something. Yeah. And yes, to a degree, you're right. But for the sake of labeling something in a category and for discussion, it's just easier to do it that way. So, so that's yeah. what I do. Good observation. Once again, thank you, sir. So yeah, uh, I, I do love these movies and you would be surprised at how many movies came out before Blair Witch or, or before the infamous cannibal Holocaust, which a lot of people want to say is the first found footage movie. Oh, okay. So what do people credit as the first I always hear people in general discussion saying it's either Cannibal Holocaust or it's Blair Witch. And then a couple more people will come in and say, well, don't forget that Blair Witch actually came out a little bit after the last broadcast, but they were filmed at the same time. So Yeah, and UFO Abduction was right. 1989 and Man Bites Dog was 1992. Correct. Yeah. Right. But there, there, you're talking about things before Cannibal Holocaust, and I, I'm intrigued. To my knowledge, for, for the information that, that, that I've researched and stuff like that, the first thing I, that I could see as a mockumentary wasn't really done 
as as horror. It, it was done for fun. It was huh. kind of like um, you know, War of the Worlds when they did that thing and people flipped out and, and Ghost Watch. Uh, granted, those are horror okay. derivatives, but yeah. the, the the spaghetti tree hoax was was something that that, that came out in nineteen fifty seven was the spaghetti harvest and it was this thing that they put up it, again they put it up on April Fool's Day so they're trying to be you know they're trying to wink at you and but they did do it just to do what they do but there was this a show on the BBC see the BBC they are they are ahead of the game they did the same thing with Ghost Watch that they did with here nineteen fifty seven you're they, right they talk about the spaghetti tree yeah and then they did it again with ghost watch in 92 but that was on halloween night but two good good days to do it but i'll have to give the bbc some props because they had a program called panorama and on it they showed this 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 little thing and it was a family in switzerland harvesting <laughs> harvesting spaghetti from trees and <laughs> they were trying to pass it off because at the time spaghetti um, in the UK, to their knowledge, they didn't know. They didn't know that it was made from what it was made from. They just didn't have that knowledge. It's 1957, so they figured they could pull a hoax on them and, t- and tell them, and that they would believe it. That's hilarious. Yeah, and and it worked so well. And they, they were showing people watering their trees and spaghetti coming out, and they, <laughs> you know, they, they showed a family in southern Switzerland harvesting spaghetti from their spaghetti tree. And, and it worked, and people actually called the BBC after it after the show aired and they wanted advice on how to grow their own spaghetti trees. So. <laughs> Get their own spaghetti tree going. <laughs> so. As an Italian gentleman, Dave Z, did what, you know, you, you, did you grow up in an Italian household where spaghetti was uh, three meals a day? Not three meals. No spaghetti was always on Sunday. It was always some type of, you know, macaroni of some sort, some pasta, you know what I mean? So something of the sort, but always on Sunday. And then, Maybe, maybe during the week, maybe two out of the four weeks of the month, one day during the week, there would be something like that, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah, Sunday nice. for sure. Sunday but, was the But you didn't meal. have a spaghetti tree. No, boy, I wish I did. No, no. <laughs> right? And a meatball that, dude, tree. Dude, that is hilarious, though, that they actually, you know, people were calling the BBC about that. That is, that's funny. That's some good viral marketing right there and a good mockumentary. Yeah, just for fun. Successful. Just, yeah. yeah. Just to do it. And like CNN... Uh, they, 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 they call it the biggest hoax that any reputable news establishment ever pulled. <laughs> That's what they said. Of course, nowadays, some people might disagree just looking at their regular news, but whatever. sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but at this time, 1957, that was the first mockumentary that they had done. But wow. yeah. Now cannibal Holocaust. See, here's my deal with cannibal Holocaust. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the movie just because of the animal stuff. And that's sure. whatever. That's me. I, I don't hate it. I just. Uh, if I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it without the animals. Th- those scenes, th- there's no need for it. So it's not my cup of tea. But I do respect the good effects and, and the story's fine and everything else. To me, when I watch it, I understand what they're saying. They went there and this is found footage to a degree. But half the movie is and half the movie isn't. And what they're showing, it's filmed on film. It's whatever, 16 millimeter, whatever the hell it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being pricky about it. But when I think of found footage, I think of handheld VHS camcorders or different type videotape more, you know, shot on video. I don't think of movies being shot on film as found footage, but I guess if you're going with the actual, the definition of found footage, it shouldn't really matter how the footage was found and and what exactly it was filmed on. So to be fair, yes, we are seeing 
half of the movie is looking back at, at the footage that was found, you know, in Cannibal Holocaust. So a case can be made for it, but I just, me personally, I just don't lump it in with the rest of the found footage movies. I mean, I guess that's just me. Do you have thoughts on this? You know, it is very interesting that you say that because I don't think I'd ever given that thought. But when you're saying it, I, I'm kind of nodding along with you being kind of saying to myself, yeah, I guess I don't either. And I'm not sure why. Huh. I guess it's the presentation because we see them in the beginning and they're, it's just, I don't know, I guess without getting too deep in I, I just think it's the yeah. presentation of it. It doesn't, I don't see that as found footage. But then again, there are some other movies that we see now and it starts off one way in the present and they're and, and they'll have discussions and they'll go back and they'll say, okay, let's, let's look at what happened here. Let's look at what happened here in those shows. Yeah. There are other movies like this. So I don't know, maybe I'm being unfair. I just don't, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't seem like found footage to me. Yeah. They were still at this point, you know, with, with this method of filmmaking, distilling that recipe that we now look at as the tried and true formula, I guess you could say that is found footage slash mockumentary style filmmaking. It was still, it wasn't distilled quite yet. Right. Yeah. No, not at all. It's different. I guess, honestly, I would have to give it props because I guess it's unfair for me to say that it's not. Yeah. It, but like I said, it's still the, the recipe had not yet been perfected. True. So it's almost like a proto, like a proto slasher. This is. A <laughs> yeah. A proto. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. This is a proto found footage. Now, the other stuff that nobody talks about, these were these were filmed on straight up VHS. These are VHS movies. You know what I mean? And that's what you think about. That's what I think about when I think of found footage. Yeah. Mostly because of Blair Witch. Somebody has a camera. They're going out making their own home movies. You know, things happen. And, and later on, you know, people get killed. And this is what this is the aftermath. These are the last things they saw. This that's that tried and true. You know, handheld camera, shaky cam, as some call it. And sometimes yep. it is shaky. That that's what it is. But Right after that, you don't see anything. Cannibal Holocaust is like 79, 80. You don't see anything pop up again until 1984, and it's the Manson Family movies. And that is done like home movies. That is the Manson Family leading up to, you know, the murders are going to do. So it's just them taking video, you know? Oh, wow. I've yeah. never seen that. I have not either. And it's not very easy. Again, some people may be able to jump on here and correct me, but... Some of these movies are just not easy to find. And and when I did okay. my, my solo show uh, a few years back about found footage, uh, I at that time I was looking for them, and th this was one that I couldn't found, find. But it I listened to your solo show last night, and I, I was like, man, Dave's killing it here. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was really Holds nervous. Up. I was nervous, and then I ran you out were. of time. <laughs> so I was all messed up. I was nervous to begin with, and then... I wanted to, I had this vision of what I wanted it to be. And then because I wanted it to be a certain thing, I found myself running out of time. We gave ourselves a limit between one and two hours. And I was like, oh no, I'm not going to be able to do this the right way. And I had to speed up at the end and. Oh. Yeah. But <laughs> it was crazy. And here's the crazy thing. I don't know if you, when you did all your solo shows, if you do it in one take, but I'll tell you what, after I talked for like half an hour straight, I just, uh, my throat hurt. I was like, holy cow, it was scratchy and I was drinking water. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how a solo caster can do this because it was hurting me. I was running Dude, out of breath when, almost. <laughs> yeah, when I, when I used to, like, I think the first episode of Horror Corridor, I recorded part of it in like January of 2016 and then finished it in August of 2016. So <laughs> that, that should tell you something. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
So I don't have to feel so bad about it. No, not at all. That's that's the cool thing about solo shows. You can leave and come back. And if you if you're if you're good, no one even knows you left the room. Well, there you go, my friend. Awesome, awesome. No, but that was a cool thing. And folks, if anybody's wondering, Dave Z's solo cast. Yeah, it was it was Exploding Heads episode twenty nine A or twenty six A. Which oh, one was it? I think it was twenty nine, but I could be wrong. It's been so long. I, don't I, know. I have it right here. All right, folks, it is Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode 29A in January of 2017. That's when you you guys did your three solo shows. Yeah. Brandon still gets made fun of a lot about his solo show, but <laughs> <laughs> yours was solid. Christian, of course, you know, he he knows what the hell he's doing. I, I don't like the guy, but I got to give him praise. No, I'm playing. <laughs> we, he, Christian and our back and forth. But yeah, so that, that was a great solo cast you did. And so you're talking about getting, you're talking about the 80s now, and you're talking about the, what is them the Manson family, what was that called? Yeah, that, that's the Manson family movies. It's 1984? Uh, yep. Presented as found footage in response okay. to the legend that the Manson family may have filmed themselves in some of their exploits, because that was something true. They There was belief that the Manson family filmed themselves when they oh. were at Spawn Ranch and everything else, and because yeah. it's Hollywood. I mean, you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet or no? I have not, but okay. I will absolutely watch it. Okay, but because of where they were and they were at the Spawn Ranch, maybe they had access to, 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 to filming. So there were all these rumors. So somebody took that idea and said, hey, let's make a Manson family home home movies. We'll do it on VHS. We'll do it this way. And basically, it's it's it, it, it's shot in a piecemeal fashion. It's, it's an intentionally amateurish faux home movie of the events leading up to and including the infamous Tate LeBlanca murders. So, oh wow! It's yeah, it's it's so that one came out and Jeez. that was found for, again. I haven't seen it. You can see the trailer. That's all you can see. So okay. you can derive what you want to from that, and that's what it is there. Then we had a year later we had Guinea Pig Two, uh, Flower of Flesh and Blood, and that was done again. That was done with a handheld camera. Guinea Pig Two was about a uh, a Japanese horror film written and directed by Hideshi Hino. The second film in the Guinea Pig film series is based on a manga. Hmm, interesting. It, oh, okay. it concerns a man dressed as a samurai who drugs and kidnaps a woman and proceeds to take her to his home where he dismembers her and adds her body parts to a collection. It's very short. It's 42 minutes. This is the movie that caused the controversy, the Charlie Sheen controversy. You know about this? I do. Didn't he contact the FBI or something like that thinking yep. he'd just seen a snuff film? Correct. Yep. He was, wow, uh, so this was the one. Okay. Yep. He, he watched the film and became convinced it was a genuine killing and dismemberment of a woman and he contacted authorities and investigations were dropped after the special effects used to simulate the film were demonstrated but i mean so it worked it did what it was supposed to do so it did yep that was guinea pig talk about verisimilitude wow it's 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 out of i can't believe it (laughs) but then again just like what happened with you in the in the other movie which actually is the next movie ufo (laughs) abduction aka the mcpherson tape 1989. This one was shown on television. Was this the one? No, you saw the you saw the remake. You saw. Incident. I saw the yeah the remake okay. made by the same people who did this. But yeah, that the, the the one I saw in 1998, folks, was a higher budget remake. Yeah, correct, correct. This one is set in 1983. Okay, it, it's presented VHS style, and it actually people are finally going to be able to see this because right now you can only see it in nefarious ways, and they, they're on top of it. Like I've seen it come up. On like YouTube and then get taken down. I've seen oh, really? it. Yeah, I've seen it located on one place where you can go and watch some streamed movies. And I was able to watch it like in 2017. And it doesn't come around much, but now it's getting a Blu-ray 
uh, release. I forgot who's putting it out, but you'll oh, see it. Oh, cool. The, the McPherson I would really like. I'd really like to see this because the, the gentleman of Horror Movie Podcast recently talked about this, and I've, I was just like, gosh, this is one that I have not caught, and I really want to see it. Oh, it's cool, and it's a really good setup. It's, it starts off as filming a birthday party. You know, I think it's a, a five-year-old birthday party for this young girl, and then, you know, the night's events lead to uh, some other things involving a, a you know a ufo landing not too far from them but the way it was done okay. you know especially at this time 1985 or things like this or 89 you weren't used to seeing things like that so it, it was very believable that it was done well i mean the effects you know they did they did a good job with it so oh cool yeah but one now we go man bites dog 1992 yeah. now i know you're a fan of that one that that's a good flick that's documentary style i mean we hadn't really seen it done this way, let let's hire somebody to follow to follow me around. That that was the presentation, right? He was hiring Interesting. them, or they went you're, to him. Yeah, you're right. I can't think of a title that had approached a film this way specifically. Yeah. Man, once again, good observation. Oh, keep going. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, no, it's cool. I just I'm just trying to figure out if it did happen before because I, I did it happen in the other movie. I don't know. I'm trying to remember if it happened to Guinea Pig, but when I think about this movie. That's what I think about. That this is done in that fashion. That you know, I can't remember if they hired him or he hired them or not hired. I, great. Now I'm confused. You know what? It's been a while since I've seen it. Now I'm confusing it with the rise of Leslie Vernon, where he where he hired them. I can't. I can't right. recall now. I'm getting I'm getting mixed up. You know. And, and here's an interesting thing about Man Bites Dog, and maybe I should save this for if we you know ever do a review of it, which I hope we do at some point. But Shia LaBeouf directed a 10-minute short film called Maniac, starring my favorite rapper Cage and Kid Cudi. That is an ode to Man Bites Dog, where he is a... And Shia LaBeouf is in it for like three seconds, where he and another cameraman are following following around two serial killers as they amass their night's quota of kills. And it's it's great. You can watch it on YouTube. Maniac, Shia LaBeouf, 10-minute short film, and it's an, just a complete ode to Man Bites Dog. It's even in French. Really? Yeah, I love it. Wow, that's really cool. And I don't know, yeah. we, this is in French as well, of course. I don't know if you yep. mentioned that or not. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's what I was alluding to. Sorry, anybody's no. like, it's even in French. What is that? Yeah, because folks, <laughs> Man Bites Dog, I think is, is a Belgian film um, or straight up from France. I can't, I can't recall. I don't have the, all the info in front of me. You're getting, well, you're getting Mr. Watson without notes on this. So I, excusez-moi. Right. And I, and I didn't take those kind of notes, uh, but I'm yeah. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that, that you're right, that, it, that it's Belgian and the language spoken is French. French, yep. Okay, so. cool. So, yeah, this is, so yeah, I, but you are right. In 1992, Man Bites Dog did its thing yep. and did it the way it did it. What was happening in the 90s after that? Then after that, we go into Ghost Watch, which we talked about before, which 1992, that was... 1992. That was aired on the BBC. And the good thing about Ghost Watch is that it's, it's really amazing that they got these people to take part in it because it's the BBC, BBC One is the station, you know, in the UK and it's directed by Leslie Manning and it's a drama, but it was hope. Pardon me. I'm reading it the wrong way. What I'm trying to say is, is that the people that are on it, the, the anthology series screen one is what it was called. Richard broke Ruth Baumgarten and Derek Nelson. These are people that were actually on the show. They were on the BBC. They were newscasters. Oh, okay. People, counted on them for their news. This is who they went to. So when this special was aired on Halloween night saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to, you know, try to contact, you know, somebody for, 
for Halloween night, just just for a laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to talk to this family that's supposedly at a haunted house, and we're going to talk about it and have some fun, whatever. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> things go down. It's really based on, what do you call it? The um, You've seen Conjuring 2, correct? Yes. Okay. Love it. It's based on that. The um, the Enfield Poltergeist is, is what it's oh, based on. Oh, what? The, okay, for, you're blowing my mind right and left here. First off, I did not know that fact, and I didn't know, because I have seen this before, I didn't know those were actual BBC correspondents or anchors or what have you. Yes. That, that is so freaking cool. I mean, wow, I, I'm a little bit blown away. <laughs> I, I, well, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard that, that it was on live television. It was live even? I think I did know that, but it, that, that's some straight up War of the Worlds shit right exactly. there. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> wow. And they knew they were doing it, and it, it only happened one time. It was only aired once. It was never rebroadcast. It yeah. resulted in an estimated 30,000 calls to the BBC switchboard <laughs> in a single hour. 30,000 people were watching this and were blown away, and yeah, it was based on... That that Enfield Poltergeist story because they were talking about that ghost called Pipes, which is also mentioned, I believe, in Poltergeist Two. And then, if you remember in Poltergeist Two, it was revealed that uh, at one point that it was a hoax. But then you found out you find out why that girl was making it a hoax. They they oh. repeat those same steps in this movie. What? And yeah, dude, that that is crazy. I'm Bill Wilkins. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> But yeah, this I tell you, I give this movie a lot of credit because because of the the manner that that it was done, and nobody got to see it for the longest time. It came yeah. out UK in, in two thousand two. The uh, they released it on VHS and DVD, and then it got one more release in two thousand eleven. But for a long time, you could only see it on uh, YouTube. Uh, now I believe Shutter picked it up. Luckily, oh, Shutter has it. Okay, that, that's cool. Yeah, and there's actually nice. a documentary called Ghost Watch Behind the Curtains. Based what? on the film's lasting impact, it was released on DVD in 2013 and has interviews with the original cast and crew. I don't know how Dude, to get, you, get my hands D- on Dave it. Dave Z, but. you know what somebody needs to do is, and maybe this could be an idea for one of the Exploding Heads movies, is somebody needs to do a mockumentary on an actual movie. Maybe that's been done, but like, you know, okay, hey, we're going to go behind the scenes. We're going to take a look at, and I don't know, an enter movie here, and we're going to do a whole thing and maybe get actual cast and crew directors, but it's all fake and shit starts going wrong. Wow. You're right. That, <laughs> yeah. It'd be like meta to the next level. Wow. Because <laughs> some of it would be an actual documentary. You're getting real interviews. You're doing these things, but everybody's in on the thing that goes wrong, whatever that horror scenario is injected into the actual doc slash mockumentary that'd be that'd be very interesting i don't know if that's been done maybe somebody's out there like uh yeah this movie here and i'm like uh yeah i agree you know <laughs> i agree in post maybe maybe someone's done it as like a bonus feature on on a dvd or a oh Blu-ray. yeah that that almost certainly has to have happened in the history of film for you sure. would think yeah. that but that would be the appropriate time to film it you have all your cast and crew there you yep. you film the movie. Let's say you film Trick or Treat. All right. Yeah. And then at the same time when they film Trick or Treat, they also said, "Hey, let's let's do a, a mockumentary about Trick or Treat, and it could end up making somehow Sam is real or something, or this happened on the set, and this is a cursed set, or yeah, these things exactly. happen, and we'll film it at the same time, and we'll release it like ten years later or something. That would oh. be what a what an idea that would be, huh, dude." Yeah, especially that that long con of the release. That right there is that the, that's the ticket right there. And you know, right, right, going back to what we were talking about, we're we're here in the in the mid '90s now with found footage. And and check this out, Dave Z. When I was in 
sixth or seventh grade. So we're talking, this is 1996, 1997. My friend and I went out into the woods behind his property because he had his family had all these acres of farmland. And we took his parents' video camera and we made some stupid ass movie where we were just running through the woods with, with the camera, pretending a werewolf was after us. And we were proud of ourselves for this little cinematic effort. Never mind that it was the middle of the days, you know, so werewolves couldn't, you know, be out. That's not the damn point. Never mind that we didn't know what editing was. That's also not the damn point. But somewhere out there, Dave Z, buried in some closet full of junk, there's a VHS tape from the mid 90s of my friend and me making our own found footage movie when we had no idea what that even was. <laughs> wow. It's like five, five, ten minutes long of us just running around going, there it is. And I, I had the camera and then he had the camera sometimes and we're hiding. And, you know, a, a, anybody who could. Oh, my God, if it, if it is out there somewhere, I'd kill to have that tape. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I kind of so, yeah, did well, that, anyways, too. Sorry, I, I sorry did to that, derail us. No, it's cool. I did the same <laughs> thing. I, I, start, I made a movie by... It started off as one thing. I was just filming my parents and doing some stuff because I was filming everything when I was a kid with the, the, the handheld VHS camera. Oh, same here. And yeah. I had this big rubber snake. So what I did was I, tr- I turned something that started off just as fun with, with messing around with this rubber snake into like a five-movie series. But like <laughs> the first movie, I guess, could have been like found footage. It was me just filming and doing my thing. And then uh, all of a sudden there's this big rubber snake on the scene and it, and it killed my brother or something. At the end, my father killed it and stuff. And it was cool. Wow. And I didn't tell anybody about anything. I was like doing it. And then I, then I would say, OK. And then my father had guests over and they were in the backyard. I said, Dad, I'm going to throw this snake at you. <laughs> and he said, what? And I put the camera on. And I threw the snake at him and he shook it. And then he threw it on the ground. And then he said, oh, it's only rubber. He said, I was like, dad, why would you say it's only rubber? He ruined the whole thing. Dude, that's great. I I wonder where that video could be. Oh, I know they're, they're around. They're around. Me, oh, me wow. and my brother and my mother have them. Yeah. But I did five movies about a killer snake. Yeah, it was, it was that it was is fun. rad, dude. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, so that's that's mid nineties here. What what's happening yep. with found footage as we as we start rounding out the nineties? It, it seems like this is where it's all starting to culminate into what would eventually be the big boy, you know, Mister Blair Witch. So w- yep. what's happening? We're almost there. Nineteen ninety three. We have what we call America's deadliest home video. This one, I think I saw it on YouTube. Uh, you could buy the DVD. It is out there somewhere. Okay, but I've never seen it. Before Man Bites Dog, before The Blair Witch Project, before Paranormal Activity, there was America's Deadliest Home Video. Lost for oh. 25 years, the original found footage shocker, written and directed by Jack Perez, produced by Mick Winoff and starring Danny Bonaducci. What? But, <laughs> yes. Okay. But Danny Bonaducci. This movie, what happens is... The guy takes a video camera. It's done, again, it's it's done. It's part of the film where he says, "Okay, I'm just going to start doing this stuff, and I'm going to start killing people." I think he has a, a breakup with his wife or something like that, uh-huh. and and then proceeds to flip out and starts killing people. And he's actually kind of charming. I'm going to read the the the, the the synopsis. It's easier this way. A man videotaping his road trip is taken hostage by three criminals and forced to tape their crime spree including robberies and murder. Yes, that's why he takes the oh, trip. Wow. He takes the trip because he uh, has a bad falling out with his wife. And uh-huh. he's just going to go on a road trip and he's going to tape it. And that's that's what I forgot about, that he was forced to do these things. He was, yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. And he's actually kind of good at the Jenny Bonaducci in this role. It's kind of fun. Again, you could buy the DVD. I don't know. Maybe it can be played on uh, YouTube possibly. Almost uh, all the movies I'm talking about, you could at least see the trailers on YouTube and then some other ones pop up. But that was an interesting one. I watched it one time and I have fun with it. So 
Cool. I'll be checking that out. Yeah, it, it, it's it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. Uh, then 98 comes, and that's the movie you're talking about, Alien Abduction Incident at Lake County. It was done <laughs> yeah. on UPN, and it was basically a, a little more funding to, to remake uh, the, the earlier one, the McPherson tape. And that was the one that messed with you. <laughs> Dude, it got me. It really got me. I had no idea what this type of filmmaking was. Just watched it on TV. And I'm sure if I go back in time there, I mean, why, why would there be commercials and, and, and ad money and, you know, a, a, a well-known network publicly showing everybody a snuff film? But, you know, I'm, I'm 13. I'm not thinking about this stuff. And I, I'm thinking I just watched these people die. And I'm just like, my, my gosh, and my dad talked me down and I wasn't flipping out or anything. I'm a very calm person, but I was just like, wow, I was just really disturbed. And, you know, my dad's like, it's, it's all it's OK, buddy. <laughs> it's a right. movie. I'm like, it is. And he's like, yeah. And, you know, and he just kind of talked me out of it. And I was like, thank God. But yeah, so 1998, this happens and you didn't see it back when it was fresh. Nope. Okay. I, di- I didn't come across these until I started just researching found footage the more I got into it, you know. Okay, and then I, I came across it, and then I was able. Like I said, I, I think I see. I think I have seen them both because I kind of confuse them in my memory. I think about something happening, but I think I, I saw one of them twice, and then I went back to watch it, and I was like, I was expecting this to happen in this movie. So I'm oh. thinking that I kind of confused the two of them. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. Certain aspects of that, certain things that happen in the film, I was expecting to happen when I went and saw the other. I was like, wait a minute, didn't this happen? And I'm like, okay, wait, there are two different ones. So okay. I, w- I wish they'd released the other one with the McPherson tape. They're putting the McPherson tape out. I wish they would put this out, but yeah, whatever. What, do I, what am I going to do? And then, okay, that brings us to the last broadcast, which that was the one that you hear the most about because it came out shortly b- before Blair Witch. And, uh, yeah. But they were probably filmed at about the same time. Uh, the film crew ventures into the forest in search of the mythical Jersey Devil. Brandon Orlick. Yeah, <laughs> that's him. <laughs> the Jersey Devil, yes. <laughs> But that's it. That was a that was a you know a mockumentary. It's pretty good. He, he he ends up going astray in the woods. Things happen, but I don't like the way they end it. It kind of it's almost like they break the wall, where I wish they wouldn't have. Yeah. But aside from that, that's that's pretty much, to my knowledge, the movies that came before Blair Witch, and then Blair Witch came, and again, like I was talking about before, they put out that Curse of the Blair Witch, which is which was brilliant. They put it out. I forgot what channel it was on, but. Uh-huh. It came on and, it, it, you know, they were talking about, I don't know if it was simultaneous with the movie or it was like a week before its release, but I know other people know all about it. I just wasn't in it at the time, so I yeah I missed it. But The Curse of the Blair Witch came out and then The Blair Witch, which, I mean, what they did with The Blair Witch as far as marketing is is really half of the battle with that movie. That That's what got, yeah. granted, the movie is what it is. I happen to love it, but I understand why other people may not, but... Uh, they put up the pictures of the missing people at colleges that were near buying stuff. They did it to the max. Nobody has done it since as far as marketing a movie to, to make it believable. And of course, nowadays you probably couldn't because technology, we've come so far that it's like, what can you believe? You know what I mean? Like Exactly. Yeah. It's tough. But sometimes the, like the Poughkeepsie tapes, for example, I watched the Poughkeepsie tapes for the first time a few years back, 2017, I think. Maybe even before. But either way, I was watching huh. it. I had heard about it because it was kind of infamous. It was shelved for many years. And we finally yep. got to see it. And I think I, I think it might, might have come up on YouTube. I can't remember how I got it. I don't remember. But I do know that I was watching it. And it was the first time I saw it. And of course, I, I know that it's a found footage movie. And I'm watching it. And my wife is half paying attention. She's in the bathroom. The door is open. 
She's drying her hair. She's doing something. And she's kind of in and out of the living room, getting ready to go out or go to work or something. And she keeps walking by the TV or coming in and seeing this. And I remember she started questioning me about it. And she believed that I was just watching, you know, a, a crime drama, like, you know, the, the kind that you can watch on TV. So yeah. she thought it was a legitimate thing. And I never told her that it wasn't. So oh. I, I really wanted her to come and sit with me last night, but she was in such a good mood. Like I said, we were drinking wine. She was talking to her cousin and everything else. When she got off, I didn't want to bring her down by watching a movie like this. Gee, so right. I didn't bring her into the room. I let her do some other thing. I said, okay, I only got an hour left. It's a short movie. And then, you know, so I really wanted it. This was my plan. I said, next time I watch this movie. I'm going to sit with her again and I'm going to see what she says and I'm going to see if I can pass it off that it's, you know, that this legitimately happened. But yeah. and we're going to talk about that next. Why? I yeah, think we, it would, we sure it, will. With that movie, it would work, in my opinion. So, Oh, dude, it would, yeah. And it did for her that day. And again, you know, in the time that we're in now, we do see a lot of these type of movies. Crime, you know, the thing, real crimes and what happened and everything else. I think some places where it went, I think if she would have saw it, she'd be thinking, well, I'm kind of surprised they're showing this on TV. Because it does, does kind of go in that territory. But uh, regardless, uh, <laughs> it definitely worked on her for, for the moments that she saw it. Oh, for sure. For sure. De- uh, uh, yeah, as the Poughkeepsie tapes would, especially with the controversy with the release, and which we'll be talking about in a bit. But so, Dave Z, we're here. We are entering the 2000s now, post Blair Witch Project found footage. And what you've said before is that the boom didn't happen yet. So what was going on between Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity? We're still there and we don't get a lot. You're right. We get Blair Witch, which comes on and, and, and you know, blows the freaking doors off the world. And oh, yeah. $60,000 investment. It makes $240 million. So, whoa, you know, <laughs> holy crap. You think that other people are going to come along and say, hey, OK, let's do this. And then in the year 2000, you get a couple. You get the 909 experiment, which you can watch on YouTube. It's recently come up. And I saw it this morning, so I'm finally oh, going I've to watch that movie. Just for never heard of it. Okay, I don't know if it's good or not, but just the fact that it came out in the year 2000, it's one of those early ones. Yeah, I just for historical, being a found footage guy, I, I want to see it, so I'm going to watch it. There's another one called the, the Saint Francisville Experiment. It had a budget of twenty five thousand, and I don't know if this movie can be seen. I think maybe. See, I might be confusing that one and another one. One of them you could buy, you can purchase to watch on YouTube. They're just not out there. It's hard to find. Then you get August Underground in 2001, which a yeah. lot of people know about because there's, there's, yep. there's, there's two or three of them or whatever. But I think the Collingswood story, that is the white whale. That one came out in 2002 and you can find clips of it, just clips of it. I think the attic scene or something it's called. It's something really good. They, they show a sequence and it, it works, works really well. It's two people on a webcam, almost like that when we talked about, oh no, that was VHS two we did here, but was it two yes, or one? V- in number one, there is the the one with the people on the webcam and she's got things wrong with her. Yeah. Okay. This is something like that where it's a boyfriend and a girlfriend and she's seeing things and she's on a webcam and he's on the other end and they're doing their okay. thing and it leads to some some crazy stuff. But you you can't you can only get some clips of it on YouTube, and as far as I know, I don't know where to find it. But that to me that's that's the white whale of found footage is the Collingswood story. So okay. I really want to see it. My Little Eye came out the next year, and we actually talked about that one on ABC's A Hidden Horror, and that's um that's set up like a Big Brother type, like a television show, you know, Surreal Life or one of those shows. People come in this thing, and that's actually, that's definitely worth seeing. If you haven't seen My Little Eye, check it out. But then I that's haven't. it. Oh, you you should, yeah, yeah, I think you'd like it. The Wicksboro incident. 
That may be the one that you could purchase on YouTube. I think that's the one. I don't know uh, a lot about it. All I know is that it came out in 2003, and that was it. We don't get much. 2005, we get a movie called The Last Horror Movie, and I think that was the one made by Fangoria. And then okay. Norai the Curse, which is a really good yeah. film. Have you seen that one? I have, yeah. Okay. And our my, my buddy Holly of Horror Melee opened, I believe, uh, started their podcast with that movie. Okay. Yeah, reviewing that movie. Well, that that's a good one. That that's not, I think that is on. I think that's on Shutter now. I think they picked it up. So yeah. there's easy access there. But as you as you're seeing here, there's only one a year, maybe two, and then some years we have nothing. We have a movie called The Zombie Diaries in 2006, which was found footage done, you know, zombies. You know what I mean? Uh, and then this is where we get to some ones that I really Alone with Her came out in 2006. It can be streamed somewhere now. I forgot exactly where. I am a fan Alone of this movie. Her. Yeah, I've, Dave, you, you're I'm sort of being I, I'm going to out myself here. This era of mid 2000s found footage is a complete blind spot for me. I'm listening to you name off these titles and I I'm just like my horror cred is going out the window, dude. I don't I don't know. I haven't seen these. I haven't even heard of of, of these Jeez, I, I, well, except I, for my little eye. I, I, I seek them out being a found footage. Yeah. fan. I'm like, it's kind of like the way I am with the 80s slashers. You know, I was there for most of them, so that was kind of different. I knew about them, or I even heard the title, but never could yeah. get my hands on it. But these, luckily, having the internet, you, you could search and, and, and try to find out. But along with her, I think might have just popped up one day on Hulu or one of those stations and whatever, okay. one of those things, and I, I got into it. But that one, that one I quite like. It's actually, it's creepy. It's a guy that seduces a, uh, falls in love with this girl, like, from afar, and seduces her, and he's videotaping it, he, 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 it just see it. I'm just going to leave it at that. I, I, I enjoy it. with her. Okay. Yeah. It didn't make money though. And that was the problem. It, it, they had a $1 million budget and it made 25% of it back. So it didn't do uh, very well. Yeah. And then that's, you. that's really it for that type. We get behind the mask in 2006. We yep. get Poughkeepsie tapes in 2007, but does, it doesn't really get seen until 2014. So you get rec one and rec two, 2007, 2009, and then paranormal activity, which it says 2007, but it was not really. It was really released in 2010, I think. It was about year 2009. Yeah. Yeah. And and buddy, I I, I just gotta say, okay, so after alone, what what year was alone with her? Alone with her was 2006. 2006. So right here after 2006, you named off some horror classics with Leslie Vernon with Wreck, and, and yeah. yet these neither of these movies, you know, sparked that found footage craze yet. How about that? I know they did not. Paranormal Activity did, and then even after yeah. it came out, like I said, two thousand nine, we had Lake Mungo and Home Movie, two great movies. Two thousand eight, yeah. Cloverfield, big big budget. Oh yeah, twenty five million made one hundred sixty seven million, and then they remade Wreck with Quarantine, which made which you know doubled its its uh you know budget. So they did good, yeah. but then two thousand ten to two thousand twelve, they were all over the place. Oh, I think yeah. a lot of that had to do with Netflix and streaming, and then other streaming sites coming into their own and things like that happening. It just, but paranormal activity is the Friday the 13th of the, of this, of this subgenre of found footage, because all of a sudden, boom. And we saw a lot of bad ones, but we saw a lot of really good ones too. Some that people don't even know about. And that's why I carry her on that list. And when people say, that's why I challenged Christian on the early days of the shows. He was one of those yep. guys. I don't like found footage movies. I said, okay, buddy. I want you to watch these movies. Here's a list of like 30 or 40 movies. Watch as many of this as you, many of these as you can and then come back and tell me I don't like found footage. And then if you still say you don't like found footage, I'll never bring it up again. But we're going to do it. And turns out he became a found footage fan. Yeah, so. you convinced him. Yep. Yeah. 
So as we get into the 2010s, I mean, we're, we're, where did the trend start falling off? Well, let's see, 2010, 2012, we get some, in, we got four of them in 2013 that I recommend. We got like five of them in 2014. We got some in 2015. We got a good five of them that I recommend. So they're still going. I would say that like 2016 on, it kind of came to a screeching halt. Slow there, okay. We don't get a lot of them, but it seems like the ones that we do get are good. We get more good than bad now, and it's it's just the way it is. It's like they finally, they are more creative at where they go with the mockumentary. They do it from different angles. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think what we have now, the output went down, but, you know, the at-bats is less, but but the amount of, of you know, base hits in, in, in doubles and triples and home runs, there's more of them now. So... Ultimately, it's successful now. That's the way I look at it. There's not many. Like, look at, I can only really say there's like one or two for the last two years each, two, three years. But they end up being pretty good. Yeah, indeed. Man, okay, so let me ask you something before we, because, I, man, I, I have loved this examination into the, the found footage, you know, history and how it trended. But I got to ask, before we wrap up this segment, may I ask what your absolute favorite found footage film is? This this is crazy because I have been saying Wreck for years now. I've been saying uh-huh. that Wreck 1 is my favorite. And I have watched two movies recently that are heavily in competition with it. Oh. I'll tell you what they are later. But Okay. I'm just gonna gotcha. st- I'm gonna say Wreck still. Even okay. though it's not mockumentary style, it kind of is, but that movie's just so all around great that I, I just love it. So yeah. You know what? When we reviewed that together, the very first time you and I had ever podcasted on Exploding Heads, my, my I think it was like my third guest spot I'd ever done on a show back in 2017. I rated it an 8 out of 10 rec, folks. And now I'm like at a 9. Nice. <laughs> Easy. Awesome. Yeah, it, it would have made the, the, the Hall of Fame, I think. I, I think I do believe we were just short on it because I think B was... Uh, why am I pretending like I remember everybody's scores? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? Right. So, Okay, D- Dave Z, is there anything else before we uh, wrap up this deep dive? That was super informative, and listeners, I mean, this is this is what's up. I I I love this. Is there anything else? No. If any if any listener wants my list, uh, just contact me, and I will send it to you. And hopefully, you'll discover some movies that that you haven't seen, and hopefully, you like most of what I'm I'm going to put out there. But I have a a pretty solid list of, of found footage movies that most of them I think are just great. There's a couple that just have a really good third act or. There are even a couple over there that I'm doing it. Uh, uh, what I'm doing is there are even two on there that I'm not even a big fan of, but I know that the consensus is that they are great. And I, okay. I still have them yeah. on my list just because, just to do the right thing. But if anybody wants that list, I will uh, you know, contact me on Facebook or, or somehow through here, through the podcast, whatever, and I'll gladly uh, share it with you because I like to pass this stuff on, especially if you're on the fence about found footage. You know, like I always see bad ones. Well, Maybe there's some good ones you don't know about, so I'd, I'd love to pass that information on. Oh, very good. But folks, you heard it, and, and and please do get it, Dave Z, for that. In fact, uh, I'd send me that list uh, once we're once we're done recording, buddy. So, right on. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, folks, that concludes our Horde Deep Dive segment, which brings Act 2 of this Horde Show to a close. It is now time for the Wet Z Party Horror Show Showtime segment to commence. Showtime! Showtime! Showtime, kid. 
My friends, we're here in the third act of the party, and it's showtime. This is the film review portion of the episode, and this episode's feature review is of the Poughkeepsie Tapes 2007. If you're a first-time listener, here's how we conduct these reviews. We'll begin with a synopsis of the film, give you some quick film setup, and then we'll give you all our likes, our dislikes, and finally we'll conclude with our final thoughts and ratings of the film. Everybody, we keep it absolutely spoiler-free in this section of the show, so if you have not yet seen this film, you are free to keep on listening so as to determine whether or not it's for you. Synopsis time, folks. As always, I don't mind if I do. Taken from Amazon Prime, when hundreds of videotapes showing torture, murder, and dismemberment are found in an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York, they reveal a serial killer's decade-long reign of terror and become the most disturbing collection of evidence ever seen. Whew, okay, so this film opens with the discovery of over 800 videotapes shot by a serial killer who operated for many years in Poughkeepsie, New York without ever having been caught. These tapes capture in great detail case after case after case of abuse and murder at the hands of this mysterious man, and this sparks a nationwide investigation into these slings. So, I mean, that, that, that is what it is. That's film setup. But before we get into our likes and dislikes here, I thought we'd share with you all a piece of key trivia about this film, something that Dave Z had mentioned in the Horror Deep Dive. Dave Z, I did, and I, I'm wondering if you remember this as well. I remember trailers of this movie coming out back in 2007, which was designed to set this up for an early 2008 release. Do you recall that? No, I do not remember trailers. Nope. Yeah, I remember a key trailer, and for years, Dave Z, I had this image in my head of a girl running toward a door where somebody with a camera was coming after her, that first person point of view. And for years, I just could not connect. I was like, what movie was that? And I think it was attached. No, it wouldn't have been The Strangers, something in 2007. I, I can't remember which movie this trailer was attached to, but there was a trailer for the Poughkeepsie tapes that was, you know, at the, at, I watched it in, in the theater and then it never came out. So th here's the deal for reasons that still have not been you know given to the public the poughkeepsie tapes here was pulled from release and could not be seen until it was made available to stream on direct tv in 2014 that's where i first saw it just by accident scrolling through chilling with the girl i was seeing back then at her dad's and on direct tv and the poughkeepsie tapes i didn't even know this was out and watched that and it was another three years after that when scream factory was able to give us a physical release of this movie meaning <laughs> that it took 10 whole years for this film to actually reach the wider horror community after it was filmed. Can you believe that? No, it's crazy. And I'll go a step further on the 2014 thing. Tell it. When when it came up, when you saw it on VOD in 2014, yeah. it, it got pulled after a short time as well. It wasn't it just did? like it wasn't widely available from 2015, 2016, etc. It had a a short run on VOD. And wow. the, the first time I saw it was it popped. It was one of those movies that popped up on YouTube and was there for a while, and then got taken down. And then maybe a few months later, someone else will put it up. It's one of those movies. You know what I mean? The people are on top of it, the the producers, and then it resurfaces and goes away. But th that was the only way to see it. And I first heard of this movie because it was. I'm gonna say it's 2013. Uh, I was trying to form a podcast, my very first podcast. And oh, I, I history formed, here. Okay. Yep. I formed it with this guy named uh, Frederick Dominguez. And we only did two shows. It was called the Dirty Bay Horror Show. And when I first met him, it was weird because he put a post in a uh, a random horror group. 
wasn't a podcast or a group. It was a random group. I said, I'm looking to start a podcast. I'm looking for uh, someone to partner with to do this. Message me if interested. So I did. I started talking to one. I was already uh, hooked on the skeleton crew, and I always thought that maybe I'd, I'd be good at podcasting and whatnot. So, so I talked to this yeah. kid, and as I'm talking to him, we just start, you know, getting to know each other stuff. I'm like, so what are your favorite movies? What are your favorite horror movies? And he named, named three of them. And I can't recall the other two, but one of them was the Poughkeepsie tapes. Oh. And that was the first time I ever heard of it. And I said, the Poughkeepsie tapes, they have found footage. And he's like, yeah. And then I remember looking for it and not being able to find it. So it oh, wasn't, okay. a, a, of course, maybe. I could be wrong. Things were, even though this is only seven years later, things were kind of different. It wasn't as easy back then to do a search for what was on VOD. Like now I have an app. True. I go in, okay. So I could be wrong, but I, I do believe that that I read this just even in the last couple of days because I've been doing some research on the movie that the VOD, it didn't last long there either and it was gone and then nobody saw it in any VOD form or anything until uh, Scream Factory put out the blue in 2017. Wow. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's really weird, isn't it? And I heard a story which according to my information is not true. I don't know who told me this but I remember hearing that when they premiered this movie at the festival the people, the producers, whoever, the director, they were trying to pass this off. They were trying to pull a Blair Witch is what they were trying to do and make everybody think it was real. And basically, okay. they got laughed at because by this time in 2007, people know, yeah, 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 whatever. And somehow that hurt credibility for the film and something oh. else. That, but I've only heard that and I don't know who told me that. Or maybe I read it somewhere a long time ago on a message board. Could have been anything. But I've researched it and I found out that wasn't true because... I found something. It was April 20th, 2007. It was, uh, people were getting ready for this movie. And it says, Poughkeepsie's ready for its gruesome close-up. And basically, it's going to have a world premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival on April 27th. So, the director, I'm going to read you something, because this is actually kind of... I'll tell it. ...strange that he would say this. Okay, the, the guy's name is Dowdle, his last name, the director. Yep. Uh, there's something about upstate New York, says Dowdle, who's originally from St. Paul, Minnesota. It's a cosmopolitan area, but it has real nature and spaces where somebody could lurk and stalk people and do terrible things and probably stay unnoticed for a long time. Although he's never been to Poughkeepsie before shooting the three days of exterior scenes, he said he and his brother liked the name Poughkeepsie and its proximity and contrast with New York City. Now, this is what he says, which I find strange. Though, the true crime conceit of the film sounds like 1999's The Blair Witch Project, the director is quick to shoot that down. We're not trying to sell a gimmick, Dowdle said. Nobody, uh. nobody goes and rents The Blair Witch Project now. It doesn't hold up this will. How about that? <laughs> I, I won't argue that this holds up, but interesting that he would say that The Blair Witch Project doesn't hold up. Yes. That's like being a fan of... It's almost like slapping the face of the the big daddy that came before you. It's almost <laughs> yeah, like <right. laughs> making a slasher movie now and say, this movie's going to hold up. Uh, the Halloween won't. Nobody's running it anymore. You know what I mean? That's yeah, right. kind of what it's... <laughs> so maybe this Dowdle made some type of comment at that festival, or maybe because oh. of those comments, something happened. And that would suck to, to have your whole movie canned because of something like that. But I, I will say this. That as far as slashers and found footage go, you can't do Halloween 78 now. You can't do Blair Witch 99 now. I would have preferred maybe he said that the subgenre or method has 
evolved since then. Right. But to say, you know, uh, to, 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 to kind of put such harsh terms to it, it's, it's, it's a little much. But if I'm giving a benefit of the doubt here, I will I will say I'll extend this olive branch that no, you can't do a slasher like Halloween anymore. And you can't do Blair Witch like that was done then anymore now. And maybe even in 2007, you couldn't. So I'll extend that olive branch, but I feel you. You know what it is? I think he's reaching for the for the skies and trying to say it in a way that's going to market his film as being a big deal. Kind of like sure. the thing that used to bother me when you would see a VHS box towards the late 80s and they would mention Friday the 13th or remember like, you know, scarier or better yeah. than Jason, scarier than Freddy. Something like that, like taking a shot at the heavyweights and you are looking at this VHS <laughs> box knowing that you're watching some B-movie and there's no way it's going to be in those leagues, but they're just thinking, well, maybe that's going to draw people to us and they're going to sell. You know what I mean? Even when I saw the Sleepaway Camp 2 box, that's why I never went to the movie because I thought it was cheap. I'm like, why would they show this girl carrying a thing with Jason's mask and Freddy's glove? To me, that screams freaking cheap and imitation and and just, I don't want to see that. Years later, I saw it and I love it and I understand, but at the time, so I think that he was just trying to reach for the skies and just say, okay, okay, I'm going to compare myself. I'm going to say that movie's not going to hold up because... It's not as popular as it once was, but this sure. movie, this is going to stand the test of time. He just maybe phrased it wrong and maybe, maybe sure. he got blacklisted because of it. Maybe that's why wow. things happened. Maybe those were the comments that were in yeah. regards to, to Blair Witch, you know? <laughs> How about that? Because I'll tell you what, we still, I was looking into this last night. We still don't have a definitive answer as to why this film was never released because it was supposed to have a February 2008 release. And so if you go back to some of those 2007 movies, you can see a trailer to this attached to certain films. And I recall seeing the scene in the, there's a key scene in the film where he's stalking a victim. And of course, we'll, we'll, we'll get into our likes and dislikes in just a second here. I won't talk everybody's ear off about the prep just yet, but or too much more. But there is a scene where a young lady's running toward the door because this guy has now made himself apparent and she doesn't. Get to, well, she gets to the door, but doesn't escape. And they show that in the trailer, I do believe. And I remember thinking to myself for years, like, I whatever that is, I can't wait to see that. And for years, I just had this image of that trailer. Couldn't remember the name of the movie in my head until seven years later, watching it with that, you know, that lady and we're chilling. And I'm like, this is the movie. And then I sounded dumb trying to explain myself like I'm doing right now. So... <laughs> So, uh, you know, Daisy, I will start us off. It, you, for for whatever reason, we we usually you usually start off our likes and dislikes segment. I think because I always do the intro, and then it's just a bunch of me talking. True. But uh, well, let's uh, I'll go first this time around. So the first like I'll highlight here in our likes and dislikes segment here is Daisy. It's all about the film's presentation. First off, this movie is found footage in the most literal sense of the term. It's literally footage that is found okay but it's the documentary presentation that i find most impressive the whole movie is told through interviews and talking head exposition that just complement the actual video content that this killer has made and it's done so well that if you didn't know that this was a horror movie directed by the guy who did quarantine 2008 devil 2010 and as above so below 2014 among other projects You'd think you were viewing an actual episode of something like the cold case files or what have you. And just like you were talking about with your wife, like if I didn't, if I, if I knew I wouldn't feel bad about it, I would watch this with my son and tell him it's a real investigation just to see what he thinks. 
And I'll bet he'd have that same feeling I briefly had when I thought that Incident in Lake County 1998 was a real movie. That verisimilitude or lifelikeness of everything here. It's legit to the max, and I dig it to the max. What do you think about that, Dave Z? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I, I like what you're saying about <laughs> showing it showing it to little because uh, <laughs> I'd feel bad. I know, and there have been times when I've done it with my daughter, hoping that she wasn't going to ask the question. Because I just put it on, I go, let's just watch this movie. And she'll watch it, and she'll say, is this a found footage movie? Is it? Is this, is this a real thing, or is this a movie? Oh, she'll, ask she'll just outright ask. Okay. And I'm not going to lie to her, but sometimes yeah. I wish that she just look, watched it and just took it for that. But but speaking to your, your general luck, like, that's pretty much what I have as my... I just, I just summed it up with the word authenticity. And... Yeah. That is my like. This movie is so authentic in every way. There have been very few movies that have been done this well. And like I said earlier, there's like three movies that I have at the top of my list. And all three of those do that very well. Now, Wreck isn't that type of movie. But the other no. two that I'm talking about, The Bay was one I just reviewed not too long ago. That's another one. It's, it's right there with me, with Wreck. Yeah. And Wreck 2, for that matter. But the way it is so damn believable... Just like you said, I can't even add anything to it except maybe, you know, the kind of people they have on there. They have FBI field agents, numerous ones. They have the video specialist guy. They have different officers. They have an FBI profile. They have somebody who's an expert in dismemberments coming in there talking about different utensils and yeah, what situation they would use this and why and everything else. And just the people, the kind of people that they have on this, it's like... And they must have done that. And it's weird because it's 2007. And I kind of think about modern movies, not modern movies, modern shows, how popular they are. And I like, like a show like A Cold Case Files and uh, yeah. all those shows. The last 48, I think, is what. There's so many of them. And they're, they're ID, Investigation Discovery. They have all kinds of shows. I don't know if in 2007, or probably when they're filming this in 2006, that they're as popular as that. Maybe they are. It seems like now it's a real product of, of the 2010s and onward. But sure. again, I'm not the, the most avid television watcher, so I can't say, but it almost seems like they were ahead of the time or they were watching all these things and saying, okay, we want our thing to look just like this. When we make our movie, we want people to be able to say, you know what? Because like he said, it's going to hold up. We want this to, to be believable, authentic. The authenticity is just, it's just ridiculous. It, it's really flawless in, in this presentation. So, I mean, yep. I, I meet you there 100%. Yeah, no, totally. I Well said. And so my next like here has to do with how just, just unnerving and disturbing this film is. It's got some very real emotional impact, especially when we see what this killer has put his victims through, right? And hell, even the way the footage itself looks, it's not crisp HD like you'd see in a movie of this sort that would be made here in 2020. It's straight up VHS quality. And to that point, the Poughkeepsie Tapes does not pull its punches, folks. Like some of the things that happen, or even that were just told have happened, are about as messed up as you can get without getting ridiculous and over the top. In fact, I'd wager to say that the faux documentary approach gives the film a, a straight up mature sensibility that keeps everything grounded in that stark cold reality that you know makes it so authentic and the deal is that there's nothing in this film no matter how alarming or sinister that couldn't and doesn't happen in real life you could make the case that the poughkeepsie tapes here steps into extreme film territory i, I you know i wouldn't argue against that for a second you know there's a scene involving a c-section 
that drives that point right home. Another closely detailing how our killer stalks a particular victim all the way up to her initial capture and then what happens after that. <laughs> it's haunting stuff, folks. And I'd, I'd, I'd say it all has something to do with the fact that this film gives us that rare scenario where we're seeing everything from the killer's perspective. Like the camera's not being wielded by some party going teens running some, you know, running from some thread out in the woods. You get a little levity here. They're partying in the beginning, you know, all this stuff to spice it up. This is purposeful evil seen through the eyes of this person, this, this antagonist. And unless I'm mistaken, Dave Z, we don't get that all too often, do we? No, not at all. Nope. Yeah. So now it's not, it's not done this well when they do, when they do things similar like this. And it's like, they don't, what you're saying about it being, and I, I, don't, I don't know the word, but you, you, all, you do see, like you said, you mentioned a C-section, and you do see some other things, but the, the maturity, that's what you said. The fact that, yeah. it, that it does have that maturity, and a lot of times, it's what you're not seeing. You're only hearing about it from the, the FBI and the officers and things like that, of the things that went down. You don't, there's very little on-screen stuff. I mean, it's disturbing, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not like Shockville. You're not watching raping a dead corpse and you're not no, watching yeah. cutting people. Granted, you hear about the after effects later. It's almost like watching one of those shows on a regular TV where, of course, they're not going to show it because then now it's a movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Even the, they, they don't do reenactments that way and you don't see it. So the stuff you do see, the, the most stuff you see is yelling. And, and you, I mean, you do see some cool stuff. Honestly, the most disturbing things are the end with a certain with a certain person and, and, and oh. their fate and the way that yeah. comes about extremely disturbing the kidnapping thing in the beginning and the the initial thing with that particular person I was just talking about when they're being you're seeing it through the through their eyes in their house and being spied on it's like it's like seeing a POV of a killer in a slasher you know what I yep. mean you're seeing it but this is more elongated and and it's done differently of course and then um, the Girl Scout scene. You know, oh. that to me, even though they don't always end up where you think they're going to end up, that's not right. important. <laughs> it's, the, it's the fact that these are things that happen, that we know happen in everyday society, that there are serial killers, and you could just let your imagination run wild uh, as for things that happen. And it's just, that's the haunting part of it, is that the reason this is so authentic and believable is because these things do happen in real life. Yep. <laughs> that's what's I mean, crazy. Just Exactly. And even just and one thing about this killer is that nothing is off limits to this guy. There is a scene right early on in the film where he approaches a little girl playing in a yard oh. and they mention that this was his first tape. Mm -hmm. And what we hear that he does to this little kid, it's like, OK, so we're not dealing with somebody who pulls his punches. And then the Girl Scout scene, folks, there's a scene where some Girl Scouts knock on our killer's door and even come in the house. And the way the tension and the way this plays out in the conversation, we don't see the guy. It's, he's, it, you know, we see, we're seeing from his view because he's holding the camera of him talking to these two girls and, hey, I want to see a raccoon in my basement and just everything that plays out. And even the way it ends, it's just tension racked up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Definitely. Man, okay, so you know, what is your second like, Dave Z? Okay, now I, I hate to say this, but <laughs> I happen to like, how can I say this the right way? I don't like the killer. But I like him as a character because I respect yeah. that he's calculated and that he has perfect planning. He is the type and how he can't be profiled and how he, the intelligence as far as 
how he's able to throw off the people that are searching for him, where most serial killers, killers have an MO and they have FBI profilers and they can do certain things to help catch you know, a serial killer. This guy has the presence of mind to switch things up and to do things that you never hear anybody doing in real life. Granted, that's why it's a movie, but still, who's to say that there, there isn't someone that, that can do this? He even switches off and just starts killing uh, prostitutes for three months and, and changes things up. And yeah. just the way they talk about it, nobody does it that way. But the fact that he's so calculated, and even that one thing about the um, the signing when he's at the gas station when they forget the first thing, and it's um, oh, what is it, yeah. red roof or something, red a red house. He signed red house, and then they find out later that he was basically he signed red house before the red house <laughs> situation even happened. So yeah, this guy's so yeah. calculated that yeah, mm. he's giving people clues that he knows they won't find for a long time after, but he's leaving those before he even does the deed because he's that good. What an antagonist too because yeah. he's not iconic in the sense that you don't have a visual to put to him. But this is I mean, I would say that in horror cinema, this is one of the most twisted antagonists on film. Oh yeah. yeah he's, he's up there. Yes, he is. He definitely is. He's he's unique, and he's, like I said, he's smart. He knows what he's doing, and some of the scenes... There is an iconic scene in this movie that, that's been turned into a uh, creepypasta and some other things, and my daughter, she saw this movie with me uh, a few months ago. She's on uh-huh. that phone footage kick, and I showed it to her. And I don't know if you know anything about this stuff, but do you know that one scene when he's crawling in, and he's on all fours, and he has that, that mask on his head? Oh my god, that visual. Yes! That visual, and then he stands up at the end, and he has the um, what's that guy's name? The 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 the, the plague of death mask, the other mask that he's wearing, with yeah. a long nose. Okay, but that visual of him walking out became this big thing. And my when my daughter saw that, she's like, "Oh, that's from this." That became this gif and this thing that got turned into this whole creepy pasta, and it was oh. turned into into some big thing. And my daughter has seen it like several times on YouTube because she was all into creepy pastas and all that other stuff, and she saw it when yeah. she was younger. It's like a scary visual so that that particular visual blew up to the be this thing and they, they put a background on it and who it was huh. and all this stuff so it's kind of weird that that was her reaction to it she's like oh that's where this comes from it's like to her people her age that are into that stuff it's like an iconic image and it's like <laughs> i, I go, did not know that, like that? yeah yeah wow so, yeah it's pretty wild yeah oh cool what what did frankie z think of the poughkeepsie tapes she really liked it but she hasn't said a whole lot about it okay it has, didn't have that lasting effect that, that some others have. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised, but who knows? Sure, okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, okay. Well, my, my final like here is, it's honestly pretty similar to the previous like I, I'd mentioned, but it has less to do with the film and the filmmaking itself and more to do with what the film is at its core. It's a glimpse into the world of a man who has fully embraced evil as a way of life. As he commits these atrocities, these murders, rapes, and bouts of torture, we're looking right into the darkest heart of the human experience. Folks, as Dave Z said, things like this happen in the world. There are people out there who are this twisted. Hell, the film we covered on the previous episode's a testament to that for certain, right? The, the girl next door? That happened. That was based on a shocking real-life case. And so, when I watched the Poughkeepsie tapes this time around, I really got the sense that this film was successfully working to tap into that primal fear and fascination we have of and with those human outliers who live to do harm to others. Serial killers mess with our heads and pique our curiosity because despite all the psycho babble out there, 
we're still not entirely sure what makes a monster like this. And we're definitely still not entirely sure how or even if these people can be rehabilitated or cured. And I will post links to some psych literature about that so all y'all, you know, know I'm just not talking smack up in this <laughs> Essentially, these people represent something unnatural in our natural societal order and it's simultaneously compelling and terrifying. Like the whole idea is that we're all, we're all people on this blue and green rock that's spinning at just over a thousand miles per hour as we orbit our sun at 67,000 miles per hour while our solar system rockets through the galaxy at 448,000 miles per hour and hell even the Milky Way itself is moving toward Andromeda at a rate of 252,000 miles per hour. Those are all current numbers by the, by the way party peeps and that's the big picture right when you zoom way out in the universe but let's get tiny here let's get micro we're a bunch of humans on this little planet and the serial killer's one of us. He's a deviant for sure, but we're cut from the same homo sapien cloth homies. And so when you watch some biopic about Manson, Bundy, Gacy, Dahmer, when you watch the Poughkeepsie tapes here, you're looking at human potential. And sometimes that's a terrible thing. <laughs> what do you think about that, Dave Z? Hmm. Yeah, well, I I've watched all those shows. Yeah. Bundy and Dahmer and everything else that you're talking about. And <laughs> it's like you said, this stuff happens. This, th th These human beings perpetrate acts like this and, and this this particular guy it's it's like i said about his changing up his mo and everything else and doing things like that he's just on, on a different level and it's just so yeah it's out of control <laughs> indeed <know>? she's <laughs> well so what have you got for your final like my friend well everything i have to do with my final like has to do with the character of cheryl her performance is great especially well, i won't even say because that's kind of spoiler but gotcha. i think her performance is great as it goes on and the way you know the way she changes in, in in certain ways everything about her performance is really good i don't know that's the thing about found footage movies sometimes you don't know what these people go on to and it's kind of actually great that you don't recognize them that's that's the the thrill mm -hmm. of, of these type of movies that that adds to the believability to the authenticity of it all you know but cheryl's performance her story the, the tragedy of it even in the oh. beginning how how she said they find out later that she was talking to her best friend and she said that i feel like somebody's watching me and all this stuff that's damn spooky that's just like wow and, and you feel for her because she even says something before she goes I, it's almost like everything's going too good right now she says when she's on the phone and something and then just yeah. anything having to do with her even from the first time we meet her to when the killer goes into her house and that sequence which is probably the best the best 10 minutes of the film it's just yeah. talking about the the tension there and how the killer has to hide and do this and the boyfriend comes in and just seeing it all through the pov of this guy and the way it plays out and it's just tension you're just sitting there for like it's like almost like a 15 minute sequence and man it's so good everything about her story start to finish is done so well it, it, it's it's tragic it's upsetting and the way she sells it especially in the end is just top-notch she's great agreed yeah and folks if you haven't seen the movie there's a character character named cheryl who is a victim with whom our killer becomes very fascinated and all i'll say is that yes this character's journey is ugh. <laughs> i don't even have a word i just got i, I have ugh. that's what i have this is this poor this poor person so it's believable see, it's psyche it, it's human it psyche you could see stuff like yes. that happening and that's that's the saddest part of it all is that i think things like this have happened you know yeah Dave Z, have you 
any dislikes and I, I've got to ask you to lead off here with dislikes because as I sat here working through my notes last night working on them I, I couldn't come up with a specific dislike you know it's a simple film that does what it does almost to perfection so there's it doesn't seem like there it didn't feel to me like there's a lot to mess up here but you know I guess I also suspect that it takes phenomenal talent to make it look that easy and I, I'm keen to that so you know, I'm you know, I'm in I'm into extreme films, so when I turn to online reviews to see, you know, okay, are there any glaring holes here? What you know, what are people saying? What don't they like? Mostly what I saw were people who didn't like the movie because it was too disturbing. Or else they just don't like this, you know, mockumentaries in general and this method of, of filmmaking. So do you have any dislikes or anything that stands out to you as a concern or a quip or quibble? I had to try hard. To, to find something, but I wanted to for the sake of the show. I, I Same here, try. I'll bounce off you, man. Yeah. Okay. They are the most minuscule type things, and I'm just gonna... The one is this, cause, but the thing is... It, okay. Camera issues but. <laughs> and the reason there's a but in there, and the reason it says camera issues is because uh-huh. he's filming in vi- with videotape. Yes. And we see the camera many times just kind of go and this is a a complaint that a lot of people have about found footage movies for no reason you see the camera the quality in the picture just gets shaky and changes and stuff like that and stuff like that um it's hard to explain unless you know exactly what i'm talking about when you're watching a found footage a lot of times it gets wavy or something and there's no real reason given to why and there's times when you're watching this where it almost gets a little bit staticky and you're like well why is this happening these are camera issues that I guess they're adding to the presentation. But the reason I have the word but on there at the end is they actually add to it. Again, they add to it be the authentic because I think in this case it works because you see this guy throwing his camera around in different times. He hits yes. somebody with the camera. He is in the back seat of a couple's car doing things with this camera at, at another scene. So it's believable that and when you're dealing with videotape that you know that this could happen so like i said it is it is the most minuscule of complaints so i had to put that there and then one little tiny thing which i think they could have left out and done something different the obvious cgi shot of somebody's arm uh with, with a hand missing at the end of the movie ah uh, i forgot about that what they should have done is just put a obvious looking um What's the word I'm looking for? A f- like a prosthetic? Thank you. A prosthetic. Yeah. Even a wooden one. Something to make it look where you know that they have lost it. Instead, it's kind of glaring that it was filmed in front of a, a green screen or something like that. Aside from that, that's it. Those are the most minuscule of, of, of complaints. You know what? I, I am with you on that that CG because I, I, I did read that they put yeah like a green glove on her or something. And, and that is glaring. I forgot about it because the rest of the presentation of this is so just... Like I said before, it's a near-perfect effort. And, uh, well, shoot, Dave Z, take us into final thoughts and ratings, man. Okay. I really adore this movie. I've always been a big fan of it. I recently watched it, maybe about a month ago, because I was preparing for the Top 100 thing on Exploding Heads. And I knew that this was going to be there somewhere. I just didn't know exactly where. So I had a list of certain movies that I had to give that rewatch to. And I hadn't seen this in maybe two years, since uh, the, the, the 2017 uh, Scream Factory. So I watched this movie and it blew me away. I'm going back a month now and I give it a real high rating and it ends up being real high on on my list, like maybe top 20 of the decade. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to watch it again now 
I'm gonna watch it again for this show, and usually if I watch a movie too close together, sometimes, if the view is one month later and I just watch it, no matter how much I like it, sometimes I won't enjoy the experience as much because I just saw it. Well, that did not happen here. <laughs> I st I, I, I'm never gonna change on this movie. Uh, it's reached that pinnacle to me where I love it that much, and I come in crazy high, and it's a 9.5 out of 10. Holy crap. Folks, you heard what Dave said, so all right, okay. As Look, as as far as found footage horror goes, this is how it's done. Like I, I hate that it's so underrated and that it was robbed of its chance to truly make its mark on the horror genre. Like Films like Blair Witch, Paranormal Activity, they were given the space to do that thing, whereas this wasn't. There's Goliath and there's David, and this film is David, but who lost the fight. <laughs> like, uh, and, and Dave, I can't believe you said 9.5 because I'm also at a 9.5, dude. Wow. And I do believe <laughs> this might be my favorite found footage horror film. I, I do think it is my number one. I'd, I'd have to really think about it and consider, I'll, I'll look at your list because I know you'll have some of the top rated stuff, but I do believe the Poughkeepsie Tapes is, if it's it's a top three for me. And by, by the way, what was your, your top three? I, I asked you in the horror deep dive what your favorite found footage was. You had the Bay mentioned and I, with a 9.5, I know this has to be a contender. And what was your other? Yeah, Wreck the Bay in this Wreck. one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That, that's a solid top three. Dang. I, I got to see the bay again. But yeah. So wait a minute. So we're both at a 9.5, meaning that's a total of 19. Indeed. Dave, it's been forever, but I yes. think we're going to be hearing from Mercy. Yes. <laughs> Bring her out. <laughs> Here we go. Mercy, tell us, tell us something. Yeah, and, and for anybody who's wondering what that little song just was, I, I took uh, Mercy from The Witch, you know, old, our, our old buddy who talks about the click and the clack, and who you hear in the intro of every single show, and whenever we, <laughs> our ratings total 19 or more, Mercy pays us a visit to give us, uh, to, to give <laughs> our film uh, a little click and a little clack, her, her little sign of approval, and so that was fantastic. Wow, how about that? So, all right, folks. That right there does it for our spoiler-free review of the Poughkeepsie Tapes 2007, thus concluding our Showtime segment, which brings Act 3 of this horror show to a close. All right, everyone, only one more order of business to attend to before we wrap things up, and that's where we choose the film we'll be reviewing on the next show. We're here in Season 2 of the Watsy Party Horror Show, and our film selection is now a two-stage process, which we featured on our previous episode. Now, new listeners, check it out. Before we choose which film to select, we first got to determine which horror subgenre of film we're dealing with here. For this, we'll turn to the Watsy Roulette Wheel. On this episode, it's my turn to spin the wheel, and I have it ready and waiting. And Dave, he did it on episode 12, last episode, where we first debuted the roulette, you know, the roulette wheel here. And that means you will flip the coin, Dave Z. All right, I will flip the coin. I got to find the coin, but yes, okay. Gotcha. So <laughs> while you find the coin, uh, yeah, so we'll be seeing which horror subgenre we'll be fighting over here and, and, and all that. After that, Dave and I will each pick a film within the chosen subgenre, and here on episode 13, Dave will flip our coin, as we've done since episode 3 of the show, to determine which one of our picks goes to the next main episode. Dave, I'm at that roulette wheel now, and I'm ready to spin. I'm spinning now. And... The roulette wheel came up with extreme horror. Oh, wow. Okay, folks, now that we have our subgenre selected, extreme horror, 
Dave and I have chosen our respective films that fall into that category. Neither of us knows what the other has in mind, which means that it's our time to flip our trusty coin to see whose selection makes it to the next episode. Dave, the burden falls upon you to flip that coin. I'll call it in the air when you are ready. Okay, one, two, three, go. Tails. Oh, oh man. <laughs> what do we well, got? It's heads. I didn't want to win. I didn't you want didn't? to win. No. <laughs> All right, Dave Z, well, what, what have you got for us as an extreme horror pick? It was so hard for me to come up with something. It really was. And I don't even know how extreme this one is, but I figured this is the kind of movie that a couple extreme things happen in it, and it should be discussed because I've always wanted to kind of discuss it. But uh, the movie I came up with was uh, something called Antichrist. Oh, man. Yes, Antichrist 2009, is that right? I don't know, but <laughs> Ooh, that is a, you know, I, I have to say, because I was a little happy that I lost the coin toss there because the one I was going to do, I wasn't sure if you had covered funny games, 2007, have, have, had you covered that? Um, I don't a hundred percent know. I've talked about it, and, but I haven't yeah. reviewed, full reviewed it. No. And yeah, Naomi Watts is my favorite actress. And so I, I wanted to do the, the 2007 remake of funny games or trauma 2018, which is so heavy that I don't think I ever want to watch it again, but it's like the best example of an extreme film that I can think of until you said Antichrist. <laughs> well, I think Antichrist is the movie we could deep dive. Like oh, we're not going to really have a, we're, an after party and talk about different things that, and there are some sick, I've only seen it once, but there are Same. some sick things that happen in it and it's so beautifully shot and there's so many questions. I'm like, you know what? Maybe that'll work for extreme horror. So, yes, I agree. I think that is the perfect selection, honestly. I really do, because I've been meaning to revisit this. And it, it von, Lars von Trier is, say what you will about him, the guy can make a, make a f***ing film. I mean, yeah. well, everybody, you can look forward to our coverage of Antichrist 2009 on the next episode of the show. So, all right, then. Why don't we take a moment here to give our plugs, Dave Z? Where can listeners find more of you? Okay, um, you can find ABC's A Hidden Horror on the Horrorophilia Network. We recently recorded our Y episode, so that should be coming out hopefully soon. In the meantime, you still have Brian and Jamie doing their things with the uh, Attack of the Colossal Collection, which is yep. them going through their whole collection, which is a lot of fun. And again, Exploding Heads is now on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Exploding Heads. There we are. If you're looking for me, Dave Z-E-E -E, on the interwebs, <laughs> on Facebook and <laughs> At, at EH Horror Podcast on Twitter. You'll catch me around there. And that's about it. Right on, right on, right on. So, folks, as for my specific plugs, check me out on the show that I'm doing with Duncan McLeish of the podcast Under the Stairs. The show is Opera Omnia, where we're going over the works of Ben Wheatley, film by film. To find it, get on your podcatching app and just type in T-P-U-T-S, T-Putts, and that bad boy will come up. That's Opera Omnia. Dave, speaking of that sexy Scotsman, it... Bears mentioning that you are returning and I'm making my debut on Duncan's coveted summer series of shows. Uh, listeners who know the podcast Under the Stairs also know that you, Dave Z, have been a much-loved contributor to that show. And these same people better know that because of you and Justin from 22 Shots of Moves and Horror podcast, Duncan and I have fallen in love and are trying our damnedest to work together as much as possible. So that awesome. that's happening. And if, if I remember correctly... Our close friend Abraham Ram, the Ram Man himself, has stated that uh, two of his favorite podcasting couples are Watson and Dave Z and Watson and Duncan. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Makes me sound like a whore, but it's your fault, Dave. You did this. But yes. are you looking forward to that summer series, man? Because I am like, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait either. I'm watching the movies now. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm already 
big into it. I'm, there's a lot more going on this year. It, it's quite an experience, yeah. and the fact that you're there is going to be great. Hopefully, we end up on a, a roundtable together yes. so we can discuss some stuff. But it's uh, it's getting bigger every year, and Duncan uh, is always keeping it interesting. And it's so much fun being able to watch movies. Like, I'm watching these movies now for the first time that I've never seen in the year 2000 because they've been selected by people. So now yep. I have a reason to finally watch some of these movies that I've never seen, like Hellraiser Inferno and some other ones. Just like... I've never watched Dracula 2000. These are movies that have oh, always yeah. been, I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Okay. Now I can say I've seen them. You know what I mean? There, there's certain movies, and I know that if they're being picked, there's got to be, somebody likes them, they're picking them. So let's get yeah. into it. Let's see what it is. So it's actually fun to watch movies from a, a certain year. And it's only 20 at the max. So that's kind of yep. cool. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And it's going to be, it's uh, something I'll look forward to every year, every time I do it in the summer. And now that you're involved, it's it, it's even better. So yeah. Indeed, indeed. Uh, which years? Uh, and anybody who's like, wait, what's the summer series? Basically, bunch of podcasters that Duncan, uh, you know, brings in from just different, different all all over the world, different countries. Each of the hosts are 10 hosts given two years each. And this time it's of a decade and it's the 2000s. And I was given 2001 and 2004. Which which year did you get? About that. I was 2000 and 2005. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm with my punk rock buddy, Darren Wilson of the psycho semantic podcast and Liam Rafferty of Scott and Liam versus evil for 2001. And I don't know Liam yet, but I'm going to sternly ask Duncan to make an awkward introduction, uh, <laughs> for us. And then <laughs> my other year with 2004, it's all horophilia up in that baby, you know, uh, you know, I'm in the presence of royalty there, Dave. Your co-host on the ABCs of hidden horror, the absolute queen of horror podcasting, Jamie Sammons absolute legend and also a legend in the making the princess of horror podcasting right now carly allison so yeah the, wow. i'm joining them for 2004 uh who, who are you awesome. with in 2000 and 2005 uh in 2000 i am also with jamie i am with jamie in 2000 oh. yep and i'm with uh doug tilly so me jamie and doug yeah and in 2005 it's a repeat of last year because the the, the same host we all were together for 1996 and that crew is, uh, well, of course, with Duncan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Duncan's at every show. Uh, me and, and Duncan and uh, also with Darren, like you said, and Andrew oh, Huff cool. from Friday the 13th. Oh, so. yeah. Cool. Man, what a, what a good lineup there. So, yeah, folks, when when summer hits, yeah, the summer series, Dave Z and I will be talking about that. You'll probably hear us mention, drop drop that name a lot, Duncan and Podcast on the Sarah Summer Series. You'll be hearing these terms over and over. So get ready for that. Keeping with my plugs, you check me out on the Horrorcast. Uh, you know, I'm new there and I'm a bit upset that my work schedule keeps interfering with my Horcast hosting. I watch every movie. I ready up my notes, but I'm West Coast. They start their East Coast you know, recording while I'm often still at work. It's the nature of the beast, but at least Mark Nato is kind and has said, hey, you know, show up when you can. It's a revolving door of hosts and we like to have you when we get you. So uh, concerning the Watsy Party Horror Show here, be sure to check out the show notes of the episode where we'll have links posted of any articles and studies we use. I'll have you'll see some links there to some Psychology Today articles about psychopathy that I'll have posted and got links to that and show notes. It's all good. If you'd like to engage with Dave and me, hit us up on social media. Facebook and Twitter are the main places to find us. Like, subscribe. You know the drill, but please do it. I, uh, links to those pages are in the show notes as well. Help us spread the word to other horror fans so more people can hear the show. And lastly, hit us up by email if you want to be heard here on the podcast, specifically our happy hour episodes that will be debuting two weeks after you hear this. Email address is watsypartyhorrorshow at gmail.com. Everyone, be sure to stay tuned after the outro music has played so you can hear Dave and me in our spoiler-filled discussion of the Poughkeepsie Tapes 2007. Folks, that concludes episode number 13. I'm the Watt. 
Dave's the Z. And we thank you very much for attending our horror show. So please join the party and celebrate the genre with us. See you next time. I humbly apologize for this most unexpected of intrusions, but it is with a heavy heart that I must inform you that the party has indeed concluded for the evening. I'm afraid there will be no after party on this episode of the show. Your gracious party hosts, Mr. Watson and Dave Z, have unanimously decided that their magnificent spoiler-free review of the Poughkeepsie tapes was quite enough for you faithful party people and that any further elaboration on the film was wholly unnecessary. Please stay tuned for the What Z Party Happy Hour, which will be making its glittering debut in two weeks' time. It will be the very next thing appearing in your podcast feed if you are a subscriber so be sure to join us then for a plethora of movie reviews as well as some genuinely exciting listener feedback regarding the merits of found footage horror films. In the meantime, stay safe, and keep celebrating horror. This is kind of crazy. I, I just like I kind of opened my phone and we've got uh, a few Twitter responses for the, the question we'll be doing for happy hour, Dave. And I do believe I'm not going to click on it because it'll disrupt everything I have on my phone, like lined up with the, you know, with the films that you sent. Mm-hmm. But it looks like Jay of the Dead even said that he'll send some kind of voice clip. Nice. I just talked to him recently because, you know, he, what? Was, he was involved with the top 100. Yes, he was. And um, he sent me a message because he listened and he was just complimenting our show and this and that. And I was I was then I, I was I just been having engagements with him um, through message on Twitter. And then he said I said something. Hopefully we can work together sometime. He goes, yeah, I love what you guys are doing this and that. But of course, when I'm thinking about working with Jay, yes, exploding heads is what it is. But I think about you, and I'm thinking. I go, oh, I don't know if you've listened. I go, but I, I know that you, that you know. I, I, I started talking about you and saying we, we should just get something involved. I mentioned the uh, Z and everything else. So, you know. Ah, uh, I always have this insecurity, like he doesn't know who I am. It's the weirdest thing. No, it, it'd be crazy to have him on the party because you and him are like the pot, the two podcasters. Well, and, and JP, I guess to to complete it, are like the podcasters who I focused on. Uh, well, and Dark Discussions, uh, too, as a show, but they're like an entity. Like, there were these podcasters I focused on when I started. Like, okay, who do I emulate? How do I podcast? I'm going to start one. So early 2015 or whenever it was when I first started listening to horror review shows, like, I focused on, yeah, Jay's work and then your work and, like, Dark Discussions. And so it's weird that I'm doing a show with you. I play it up like it's not a big deal, but it's like, holy shit. I'm doing a show with the guy who helped get me into podcasting. Oh, f- like so, me and Alex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? It's that same relationship. And like with yeah. Jay and Bill Shetty. And so it'd be like, wow. So now, you know, like if I ever got to freaking do a show with you and Jay, it'd be like, here's everybody. Like here's, here's, here, here's the party right here. So, well, we might, I'll tell you what I said. I just opened a message just so I could tell you, because we were talking about this and that. And then I oh, said, it. and then I said, my partner on the other show Watsy, Mr. Watson, is also a longtime listener of yours as well. Maybe someday we can all work together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he got back to me. He said, thanks, Dave. That sounds great. Yeah, Mr. Watson is my buddy. So anytime you'd like to podcast Ah! together, just let me know. I'd be honored. So I'm like the smile on my face right now. This is going to be this. This is going to be one of those things that folks after after party ends, you're going to hear that little sound bite. And then I'm going to play this and you're going to get my all too happy reaction. Wow, See? I'm like 
geez, to podcast with Jay of the Dead and Dave Z. Holy crap. Like uh, that that's dreams coming true. So but yeah. I got to focus. We got to get into party favors. Uh, <laughs> jeez. Okay. <laughs> Man, nice. I'm like super happy right now. Cool. Okay. Let me throw on some Carmex, Dave Z. It's you. You remember that picture I sent you of all my Carmexes in oh, the house? Oh yeah, that was crazy. Yes, I mm-hmm. do. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. That was out of control. I got a mint. Fl- yeah, I got a mint flavored one right now. Don't love it. I bought it on accident because like green Carmex. What is this? St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> but all right, yeah. 